think? Long live the Alliance. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars toys began. And Kenner continues the excitement. The Empire Strikes Back collection. El Regreso del Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's Kivecast. That Star Space Station, the snapper with Space Hatch. Sometimes known as the Vintage Pod. Wow, what a weird place. A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, Chewbacca, and Stephen B. Dent. Market data mined by Brisbane Brisbane Mike. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well. And Fantastic Pete. Tech support by the Lowe. This month's Kivecast features Lobot and Lobart. We check in with the farthest from show in England and have Ron Salvatore update us on what's happening with the archive. All this plus the beginning of a veritable podcast war on the Vintage Pod. But, you know, actually, before uh, we get on here with Steve, uh, it is, uh, let's see, May 13th, 2014, around 4.26 p.m. I am in this uh, new loft I got here in downtown Rochester. And, uh, you know, the show is is really late, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, So, anyways, it's the end of the semester, and so I've had all this crazy stuff to do. But I want to give you the idea of how committed... We are here at the Kivecast, because I know sometimes when things are late, you worry about how committed the people are to making it. Well, I have in my left hand here a ticket to see Bruce Springsteen in concert tonight. And uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to make that drive to Albany, New York, uh, because I really, this is the only time I can edit the dang podcast. So, just to give you an idea, yeah, I've never seen Bruce. It's not that big of a deal. I'm not like a, you know, a super fan. But I did buy the tickets, and it's obviously going to be a good show. And I'm not going because that's how much the Kivecast means to me. I'm actually going to jump in every once in a while and talk a little bit about the editing process, just because it's fun, and maybe get a little view into the world of, uh, of, of what makes this audio magazine uh, so interesting to edit. Um, most of it is because I actually care. If I, I didn't care, that'd be easy. So, uh, in the words of Bruce Springsteen, who I am not seeing tonight, ha, he, he, ho, wampa wampa. Welcome to Kivecast number fifty-one. Yeah, it's it's still April, Steve. We're uh, <laughs> it's still April. We we got we're on the last day, but <laughs> we're getting it in there. That's good. You know, keep keeping up with the the general rhythm. I, yeah. I've like I've put the microphone too close to my face. So I'm, I'm like backed up against the couch. One second, this is going to sound annoying to all you guys out there, uh, <laughs> and 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 ladies. Uh, yeah, so I think we have a pretty good show. It's uh, it's all about Lobit. So Lobit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I was thinking we're going to be talking about some French stuff later, and uh, yeah, in French it should be Lobo. Oh yeah, is, that's right. Yeah, you got to drop that T. <laughs> which of course in Spanish is just wolf. <laughs> so Man. it's kind of cool to think of Lobot as a wolf. That is interesting. It's it's not what you would uh, originally think. <laughs> and kind of the opposite of that kind of character. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, let's see. We, we, I think we're going to have a pretty interesting show, Steve. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, when I was kind of putting together my notes, I realized there's almost like too much. 
<laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah. It, but it's it's a good sign, I think, that, that there's actually like too much to fit into one show. But hey, we always we do our best, right? And we, we've we sort of tried to have a whole bunch of different people on. Yeah. Like for the the Market Watch game, you know, we contacted like four or five people, couldn't do it, and we tried to have a couple of guests. You know, we always do it last minute. Um, <laughs> but I think it'll be good. We're going to have uh, hopefully Lobart will come on to discuss Lobot. I think it's a must. I mean, I've been. It's got to happen. <laughs> and don't let me forget, Steve. I don't think we've ever actually asked him the lightning round questions. I, I was just thinking about that. I was wondering if if we actually did when he was on last, or or even the first time. Um, anyway, know. why not? <laughs> yeah, it was so many months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I don't have much of a movie thought, Steve. Okay. Um, but it's it's actually about. I was watching some. You know when you find yourself watching stuff on YouTube that is not interesting, but you just watch it. Yeah, I, uh, I've been there. <laughs> so there's some critic. It wasn't bad. He's like a nostalgia critic or something. Okay. Um, his stuff is okay, but he, he did a countdown of the things that were good with the prequels, hmm. um, which I, I like that as an idea because obviously it's easy to, to make fun of him. Yeah. And he had this whole thing about uh, the best moment of episode three being the quiet moment where it's just Padme and Anakin like staring at the sunset. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Which I thought was a good point. And then I realized that the original trilogy – has like three great moments of silence. Okay, I'm gonna see. Um, I, there's well, uh, I'm gonna see what you got. All right. Okay, at least three. Okay. Um, of course, I think the first has to be staring at the sun. Yeah. As staring at the suns. Well, right. that's almost too big of a moment. The music is is almost too present in there. I don't know if right. that really counts. Uh, and then, yeah. of course, our figure of the month, Lobot, his his great looking up. Um, when he gets activated you mean (laughs) yeah whatever that is like yeah i I call it sort of an unblinking i don't really know what it is that he does yeah i wouldn't really want to i wouldn't it's like startup but not really like what do you call that (laughs) i I don't know hopefully we'll be able to talk to lobart about that yeah and then of course uh the other day when i was recording um when when we were recording with uh david tree yeah we're going to be hearing his report from the farthest fun farthest from uh jubbly wumpa uh the, the toy show he puts on yeah um he uh, i just put on a jedi and i went upstairs and saw it and of course my favorite moment of all jedi is the point where they're they're done talking on the on that bridge and vader just looks off and you can just right, tell right. he kind of regrets things yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I freaked my kids out. I told them, just so you know, at some point in your life, you are going to feel as though you are having this conversation with me. <laughs> like, you're going to feel like you can't get through to me and like you oh, just man. want me to understand. And no matter how hard I try, that moment is coming. <laughs> See, that's a heavy framework for those kids, guy. <laughs> what, what do you think it's like, Steve? What do you think their life is like? It's heavy framework <laughs> is all I do. <laughs> oh, that's I, I only know one speed and it's heavy framework. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gearing up for a 45-minute talk about French toy ads later in this show. So, <laughs> deep thoughts. <laughs> deep thoughts. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, I, I think it. On as far as silent moments go, I, I don't really counts, but it's right before Chewie kind of does that wail when they're like debating whether or not to go look for for Luke. They're just a a shot of Leia being silent, and I feel like that. That just isn't replicated that kind of style isn't replicated all that much oh i see so you're you know, not talking, you know about talking about chewy's yell not chewy's yell but right there's that look of apprehension on her face yeah 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 oh and you know what steve we're probably supposed to being a star wars podcast talk about the announcement 
of the casting. <laughs> See, I was wondering if we were going to be able to just kind of skirt by that with, <laughs> without bringing it up. No, it's I knew it would, it would have to happen. Well, I'm just happy Peter Mayhew's back. That's all I really care about. Um, yeah. No, I mean, serious, because I thought the rest was all going to happen, but whether or yeah, not they were going to really yeah. risk right. dealing with that, um, to me, that's the really good sign. Well, it's because of his, his poor health, right? I mean, he, yeah. is he like getting therapy and stuff and able to, to walk? I remember when we saw him, he was, he was not in the best of, of states. No, no, he wasn't. So. Well, it's, it's cool that he's able to, to jump in there. And I just, <laughs> all I can say is if Harrison Ford doesn't act his butt off, I will never forgive him. <laughs> I think yeah. the whole movie is on him. Like, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I'm starting to think that all the fourth Indiana Jones is not Spielberg's fault, is not mm. Lucas's fault. Mm. I think it's just him. I see. I think this is your your Harrison Ford bias creeping I in, know. man. <laughs> you gotta you gotta let that go. <laughs> I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. Six days and seven nights. Amazing. Oh man. I mean, oh, he didn't he didn't step he didn't step out of bounds. One. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's acting. You know. Right. <laughs> oh. Oh man. <laughs> Um, uh, on speaking of the casting thing, have you uh, have you seen Inside Lewin Davis, that new Coen Brothers movie? No, I haven't. Okay, well, this would make more sense if you'd seen it. But uh, two of the new cast members are actually in that movie, and it's all about you know folk singers in the '60s and whatnot. But there's an awesome scene where Adam Driver and uh, Isaac, Oscar Isaac are singing, like recording this funky uh, song about Kennedy. And it's just so goofy. It's kind of like space themed, if I remember right. And ever since I saw they're both in it, I'm just picturing them both, <laughs> <laughs> like translating that into something Star Wars. And it it kind of disturbs me, but fascinates me at the same time. Uh, that's cool. It's <laughs> kind of like it, yeah. you know, with the, when the prequels came out, everyone there were like certain movies you had to see to get to know who the people were. Right. Like Hayden right. Christensen was in some. I think movies. My life is a house. Yeah. And like yeah. everyone went out to go see what Darth Vader is up to. And, right. Uh, yeah. So at least it's a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. No, it's good. If you haven't checked it out, I, I think you'd like it. But uh, yeah, just seeing those two, it just made me crack up and think of that one scene there and together singing this terrible song. Well, that uh, just makes me think of uh, Feel My Heat from Boogie Nights, <laughs> which because, Steve, I associate that with, with Brock, because that's Brock's theme song, I then associate that being you and him singing that <laughs> song together. And, uh, oh, man. All day, all night, you feel my heat. Feel, 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 feel my heat. But anyways, we... Uh, you know, Steve, I, I have my whole outline here. Yeah. And uh, I, I can't tell. Do we really do uh, Sky Coups before Flip the Script? I don't think it, there's ever really a pattern. I think it kind of depends on if one goes first, the other seems to kind of relate. So I, I, it's up to you, man. If you want to go Sky Coup first, that's that's cool with me. All right. Well, yeah, let's let, let's do that. Cause, uh, All right. You know, Lobot is a spiritual figure for me. Yes. Um, we're okay. going to talk about that with Bart, because obviously okay. it's just spiritual because of Bart. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm going to, I guess I will start with the figure. All right. Skyku. Yellow is my blouse. Beneath sleepless sky gray vest, puffy are my sleeves. <laughs> he's very fashion forward, Lobot. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he's got Lando as his boss. He's got to keep up with it, right? Right. And, and then this is actually my my Skyku in honor of that moment. Of, <laughs> okay. Oh, of the, of the Lobot awakening. Raising his head. 
All right. Quiet friend, loud mute. Eyes open to world reborn, like clouds reforming. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Nicely done. Very, very poetic. Thank you. I, I wrote that <laughs> while I was hanging around with my kids and uh, and their friends, and they were like, "Yeah, say like he shirts a fart." <laughs> so <laughs> I, I almost had them write a sky coup for me with oh, Lobot's, yeah. See, Lobot's I, shirt being a fart. But uh, <laughs> see, I was wondering like what the circumstances when you come up with these things, like where you are, and and that was not what I would have pictured. So it's it's interesting to see where your your creativity comes from. <laughs> well, I knew that puffy are my sleeves. That's that's the main one <laughs> that, yeah, I, that I wanted. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but it's actually fun because they, uh, they're hanging out two of their friends, and I'm good friends with their dad, and he's really into making costumes and stuff. Okay. And uh, he's really into the idea of being Lobot for Halloween, <laughs> and so I think I'm going to be uh, Lando. So. That's going to be really exciting. <laughs> right on. <laughs> um, because then I can talk like this the whole month. <laughs> you got to gear up for it, right? <laughs> you got to eat your cereal before you go off to school. <laughs> Just every single thing I See, said. I think you're already, you're already pretty close. <laughs> Thank you very much, Steve. I haven't been practicing at all. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, see, I, I think I, it always seems like the script thing kind of plays off of, of either your movie thought or the, the poem. So I think maybe we'll, we'll stick with that order for a while. All right. Um, all right, we ready? Yep. Okay. It's getting really, really hot Flip the script. Flip the script. So I guess there wasn't really any script line or anything that I'm drawing from, but just more kind of story notes. But uh, back when Lobot was first kind of being developed, he didn't have a name, and he was just called Lando's aide. And they didn't really know what he was even going to look like. So some of the early concept paintings, he's actually like this really tall, attract attractive, like dark-skinned woman. And so somewhere that changed to being a bald cyborg. Uh, <laughs> it's difficult to pin down when exactly, but in the, the later drafts, you know, they describe him as a cyborg. And I think originally he was supposed to have quite a bit of dialogue. But the reason that, that he became a mute was that they made some kind of decision where he would become a lobotomized cyborg and thus a mute. And that's actually where his name came from, is the word lobotomy, which it's just, uh, it's just funny to me to think of it in those terms. I also think of it in sort of like an Arthur Miller way. Yeah. Of, you know, like they named uh, the character in Death of a Salesman, or he named the Death of a Salesman Willie Loman. And it's, <laughs> it's one of those names that's just, I mean, it's a great, great story, so... Yeah, it's amazingly just on the button, Willie Low right. Man. So yeah. I, was, I kind of thought of him as you know, it's a low robot. Like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Not That's... quite a, a real lobot, but a, a low bot. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he needs a, a little hyphen in there to really <laughs> get yeah. the true meaning. Um, and then I, I I do this every once in a while. I did this for Dengars. I kind of look to see if there's anything funny in the expanded universe, which I guess is now off the books for the most part. Uh, okay, but, here we go. Uh, Steve's EU moment. He won't watch the prequels, one. but he just is one. into the EU. <laughs> Only in internet research <laughs> terms. But uh, <laughs> there was one funny bit where uh, Lando uses Lobot's computer interface abilities to disarm, to disarm bombs that have been strategically placed throughout Cloud City as a result of an Ugnot insurrection. And so... <laughs> Just the thought uh, of that insurrection. Yeah, I mean, I remember. I think it was someone, Ron, or someone came up with that. Ron and term. Tommy were going off about about the, like a, a strike, you know, like and unionized all that. Ugnots, Yeah, <laughs> but just to find that there was some trace of that in 
Star Wars literature just really uh, cracked me up. <laughs> well, that's great. That's that's a real testament to our audience that no one mentioned that. We talked for like four months in a row about how funny it would be if Ugnaughts ever revolted, and there's a whole storyline. Apparently, they did. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, Steve, what's that sound? Oh no, Steve! I think he's finally back. I think long, I, long absence. I think our prayers have been answered. Is that low, Bart? Bring out the low Bart. Bart! From the windows to the back! To the back! Till the sweat drops off John Hoss's head! Till I find that 41 back! 41 back! Hey, 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 space freaks! Hey, what's up, Lobart? We, we just recorded already, like, five minutes, but I was being weird and just saying weird stuff that didn't make any sense, so I'm just redoing it. <laughs> so you guys just have to wing it like you're doing it the first time. Bart, you did a good job saying Space Freaks even better this time. Are, are you feeling it, Bart? Sweet. I'm feeling it. Yep. Awesome. I've uh, been adjusting my uh, cyborg headband nice. for our interaction. Now, what It's a- tough, though. Lobot doesn't say anything, right? He doesn't. He, he says nothing. He says, He's a silent. We had to get our, the sort of, you're kind of like our mascot, Bart. Perfect. <laughs> um, Scratch my belly. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know if we've ever shared it on air, Bart, but uh, you're one of the longest lasting Lobot focus collectors in the world now. Um, a lot of them have kind of dropped out. And how long have you been collecting Lobot, Bart? Uh, ever since you started to pay me off and Lobot related memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> We're brothers, you know, Bart and I. That's we have the same last name. And uh and our other brother Amos, who listens to the show from time to time, uh he was at our house. And Bart, how would you describe our house for people who've never been there? Our our family home where our parents live? Uh let's see, Grey Gardens meets uh Watto's uh <laughs> garage. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's the kind of place where you can open up a drawer and you'll find the box for my Super Nintendo Star Wars video game. And I left the box there in 1992. And it's just there. It's just no one's ever moved it. And once in a while, I'll be like, hey, look, there's the box. No one put it there. I put it there in 1992. Um, so Amos <laughs> found a whole stack of Topps uh, Star Wars cards. And he was going through looking for the looking for the cool ones and saying, Okay, this goes to Amos, this goes to Ward, this goes to Bart, this goes to Sky. And what was it that you said, Bart? I don't remember. Oh. You said don't give me Lobot. <laughs> oh, okay. I knew I had to suffer for some reason and that was that's the reason. <laughs> and so he threw you over the card, and it's the greatest Topps card of all time. Hey, if there's anyone out there, a while ago they did the Topps Vault thing, okay, where they uh, they released a bunch of – it's actually pretty cool. We never talked about it on the show, I don't think. No, but, I don't think so. Um, Topps cards released pre-production material of their cards, and you could just buy them, and they were pretty cheap. And they must have done one for this one card, which it just says, Lobot's Task. <laughs> and what's he doing in that card part? You you must remember that. Uh, yeah, he's like interfacing with the uh, wall computer, main computer, <laughs> even though he's connected to it already. So, like yeah. backing up his hard drive, I guess. And he's basically just talking to a wall. 
and it's Lobot's <laughs> task. And uh, and so when when Bart started because the museum, so what happened was uh, I used to live really close to Bart, right, Bart? We lived like what twenty minutes away. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, and Bay Area. I, yeah, Bay Area. Then I moved down to Santa Barbara, and that was right around the time when I thought, okay, let's start a Chewbacca website, um, which people still laugh at, by the way, when I tell them. And so I thought, well, I should learn how to do a website, and Bart can help me, and Bart can teach me, and this could be like a way to keep us together, and just kind of a, a fun thing to do. And and that's how I paid Bart was with Lobot stuff. <laughs> Now I have to say I did go I did go all in because I did spend my own money on some some vintage items too. So I I have crossed over. It's not just pure bribery that brought me into the hobby. Right. Yeah. Because I got you the sixty five back proof and the thirty one back proof, but you bought the QC sample yourself, right? There you go. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's the sort of origin, and you know sometimes we don't actually get that. Uh, that syrupy and sweet on the show, Steve. I mean, we right. do it from time to time. Sometimes, but that's kind of sweet, right? It's, you guys are brothers. You can't. <laughs> if there's any good times right now, right? Yeah, and and you know, Bart, we've had a lot of problems with the show lately, like WordPress not working and the show notes not showing up and failure to interface with Android devices. <laughs> um, and I'm going to need you. <laughs> I'm going to need your help, Bart. And you know what's hanging on my wall right now. Um, a a no. uh, forty-one back debut card Lobot action figure with the free coin offer sticker. So it was Whoa. a Lobot so unpopular. It was the first <laughs> Lobot ever, ever, ever sold, and then it stayed on there until the very bitter end when no one bought it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I hang that up on my wall as a reminder of you and as a reminder of the fact that I'm terrible at shipping things. But now that's going to be your payment for helping us out with the, the technical issues. How does that sound, Bart? Sweet. Back, to, right. back to the old days. Bring that's it back. That's right. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that, that's enough syrupy stuff. Should we hit the news? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Watch out! It's Kenner's News. It's Kenner's News. It's Kenner's News. Here's the news. All right. Well, we're already we're already pretty polyvocal, um, but we did get to interview David Tree, and uh, that was pretty fun. Hey, Steve. Yeah, it was fun. It was. Uh, I wasn't sure it was actually going to happen, but I'm glad that that it did. Um, <laughs> I, I did that kind of. I woke up from your like text message as a reminder because I had no idea that we were supposed to be doing it at that time. I kind of got ready and. And it all worked out. I, I probably sound kind of zonked in it if I do say anything at all. But. Oh, yeah, because I, it was like 9 o'clock in the morning for me, 6 o'clock in the morning for Steve. <laughs> and then uh, the person we were interviewing, Bart, was in England. Yeah. So they were like at some kind of party. So I think he'd been like selling toys and partying all afternoon. So we were all in different pla- places of the map. Um, but uh, you, you want to have a listen, Bart? Yes, that sounds like a good one. All right, this guy back here again. So uh, we tried to record this show actually at, you know, like with him passing on the microphone, but uh, they had technical issues and like they felt really bad about it. So as a podcaster, it was hard for me to know what to do because it's totally cool they didn't have that issue, but we still wanted him on the show. So you're actually just going to hear him kind of come in and uh, sort of 
talk about it, but it wasn't what he had in mind. Um, and then as far as what takes the show so long, you're going to hear me like play a little clip of some song that's from some singer dude who's from Southeast England. And so it took me like five minutes to find some famous singer who's from Southeast England or from Hampshire. Hampshire? Um, because I know that I think Black Sabbath is from the South and I could have put them, but I put this other dude. So that's, that's kind of the reason, you know, little touches to make people who might live in Hampshire, Hampshire, a little bit happier. Um, so anyways, here's the interview with, uh, with the Jubbly Womp master himself, David Dree. We had this whole plan to record. I was going to be at the New York club meeting. But yesterday, my son decided to go over to a friend's house and eat a hard-boiled egg that had been left out since Easter. Oh, uh, man. And, <laughs> and it, is, it is actually a week after Easter as we're recording this. So yes. he was up all night uh, coming out of both ends. So I couldn't make it down to Albany. And then we were going to call David Tree uh, at the Farthest From Festival. Uh, but stuff got kind of gummed up there. And actually, all we can really have right now is just sort of a, a quick report from him. And just to sort of hear his voice. I was going to do it all in the voice of Dengar. He said I could. Um, but <laughs> I, apparently, I, I, I might have offended some people. Do, do I offend David people with my, with my British impressions? No, I think you've got to do it the whole time. <laughs> All right. Please, can, can, can we do a whole episode with it? Because that would just be amazing. <laughs> Dang, gosh, go on. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, so you are actually at the Farthest From Festival. Is that, is that right, David? I, I was actually at the Farthest From Festival. It was wet. Uh, started off with a lot of rain, but, like, as, as the days progressed, it's got nice and sunny. Um, but, uh, no, it, it, it's, it's been a blast. Uh, a lot of... Uh, uh, in terms of the UK community, the usual suspects come down to like have a look around and, and stall holders. But also what's kind of cool is each time we do one of these events, you're getting new people coming along who've just like, you know, almost a rediscovery of things. You know, they're kind of, oh, yeah, and no, I just started getting some of these. We had a guy who was super cool, actually, like Chanting for Ages. He designed skate parks. Wow. I mean, that <laughs> is a cool job. Yeah. And he's just started getting back into, like, collecting vintage toys. That's awesome. Um, so I was having a real good chat with him, um, and this job must pay pretty well because he was, like, saying, you know, he wants to get, you know, a set of 12 backs from the word go kind of right. I'm like well <laughs> you know this is kind of like the expectation you're looking at and he's like yeah no that's cool I just want to get into this stuff again but each time we do these things you're getting a whole new crowd and I think that's that's kind of key to what we do here you know because you know it, it keeps it fresh it keeps it good fun and, and everybody you know enjoys it you know now, all now, now David I'm uh, I'm sometimes you know not always as as well informed as I could be and one of the main things I've always had a problem with is I, I believe I called your farthest from what did I call it at one point Jubbly Wumpus <laughs> the Jubbly Wumpus <laughs> I, I called it a Jubbly Wumpa because I just didn't quite understand what it was so it, is it a toy show is it an art show is it a collector's gathering how would you describe it besides a Jubbly Wumpa um, uh, well, it, it, it's kind of like all of that okay uh, rolled in I mean it, to kind of give anybody who's never been to here, uh, to the show before, uh, put it into context, we have a shop uh, along the south coast of the UK. Um, 
but we're in the middle of nowhere and everybody's always like saying it's a real trek to like get out to us although it's a lovely part of the country you know it's um it's like in a national park and you've got wild animals everywhere and all the rest of it it's quite it's not it's off the beaten track it's not exactly easy for folk to like come and visit right um so i decided to do the event but to kind of like play on that just as you call it farthest from because it's like farthest from nowhere right and we just keep the 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 stall rents and the entry just to the bare minimum um so it's kind of even if someone has a bad day it's not really kind of cost them an arm and a leg to to like attend these things so we've done five shows now uh but it is a combination of um uh, uh toy collectors uh, selling wares, you're getting uh, swap meat, so people bringing down their own bits and pieces. But to kind of build on uh, and, and, and sort of create a community where there's, at times, because I run a toy store, I work in like different uh, collector communities. At times, you know, some, some communities are a little bit more lacking than others. So it's trying, trying to get like everybody to get together. Uh, in a similar sense that what you have out stateside, you know, I think what happens out in those different groups is really cool. Right. But we'll get people to do present um, uh, a talk, uh, and it could be literally, I don't care what it is, it could be anything, as long as it's anything pre-95. Right. Um, <laughs> and we've had in the past, um, uh, Lee Bullock did like uh, the 12-inch dolls. Uh, we've had one on... Uh, three packs um i've done a couple of um star wars bits that are used in other palatoy toy lines so where you have like the robin and sherwood that's always like the one that always you know resonates with people with like the catapult right. and the village and friar tuck and whatnot <clears throat> but a lot of star wars parts were used in action force which is the uk version of gi joe right ah. um so i don't like a prat presentation on that um today we've had paul bateman down who is uh uh one of the regulars off rebel force radio right uh but also um intrinsically linked with ralph mccrory he was uh like the archivist for a lot of ralph mccrory stuff so he's been down like presenting uh talking about the work of ralph mccrory but also giving people a few sort of sneak glimpses of some rare uh, bits of artwork and sketches of, of Ralph's work. Wow. And some that I know that you would just completely freak out at Sky as well. You know, there, there, there's some uh, cool little uh, alternate sketches of Kashyyyk there as well. Wow, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, Stephen, I mean, I've always really been pushing Paul's podcast. And anytime anyone listens to me, you know, yeah. what's the best Star Wars podcast out there? For me, it's actually Star Wars Influences. That's the one yeah. that, that he does with Jimmy mm -hmm. Mack. And right. uh, it's just, for, for what I want from a podcast, uh, that's just it. Because every time you listen, it's something new. It's some kind of, even though he debunked my theory. And, and we're actually, we're, we're going to talk to you again in June. We're actually going to be on the floor. And it's going to make this live, fun, pubby thing. Yes. Um, no technical issues. Right. No, right. And, uh, but that doesn't, but what, what really is cool is that, like, I was just, I was very pleased to be shot down by him on the show. I'm like, oh, good. That's why I brought it up. Cause obviously I must be wrong. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no. And actually, also, too, I wanted to talk about this farthest from thing, Steve. Okay. So just so you know, I did, I did a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, research here. And, okay. uh, uh, do you know what farthest from is in, in European, uh, perspective? <laughs> no. Okay, it's an hour and fifty-one minutes from London. So, <laughs> just just to give you an idea, I was going to drive to Albany, 
which is three <laughs> hours and nine minutes away, to go to a collector's club meeting of about Tom Quinn's basement and eat some like buffalo dip. And uh, I just, anyways, I just, I, I love it. I love, uh, I love the the difference in 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 roots. So it's really not that yeah. far, Dave. You should just pretend. You know, everyone just pretend oh. like uh, like it's. I mean, you, uh, you know it, Steve knows it, I know it, but the number of people just like, oh, can't you hold this close to London or in the Midlands? And you just start thinking, it's not that bad. No, My no, God, no, you know. It's not bad at all. But, and then 10 <laughs> minutes later, they're walking around with something that they just picked up for peanuts or, right. you know, that they've been looking for for ages and they're, they're happy. It's, it's just that initial momentary, like, kind of like moan and whinge because they've been sat in a car for an hour. But, but the, the, before I come across as an American chauvinist, uh, there is a state in America called Rhode Island and uh, my brother's yes. from Rhode Island and people there, honestly, if they have to travel more than 15 minutes, they start complaining <laughs> and they like they bring a, like, a sleeping bag. Like It's all what you're used to. It's all conceptions of yeah. space and time. So it's not Europeans. Yeah. It's just if you're used to living in a smaller place, larger yep. distances. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely... The idea of there being a, sh- a toy show that cool, only an hour and fifty minutes away. Oh yeah, oh, it's just great. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that's it. That's it. Sell it. Sell it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, the checks in the mail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you will. Uh, yeah, you can pay us in farthest from points. I mean, you know, we pay people in Kive points, but uh, you can pay us. Yeah. In farthest from. I points. can so I can totally set up a bogus currency. You know, so yeah. don't don't worry. Exactly. Yeah, we, we we're, we're good at faking stuff. So like. Yeah. Uh, well, good. Well, now we know what a jubbly wampa is, and uh, you know, Steve and I are, are travelers. Maybe we'll sometime make it out there by. Uh, be, that would be by episode one hundred. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometime in the road. Yeah. Start start the Kickstarter now. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah, we got to start asking people for money. Um, all right, well, <laughs> well, cool, David. Well, we'll, we'll uh, you prefer David, yeah? No, Dave. Dave oh, Dave. 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 Like Dave. Okay. Okay. Sound like you're telling me off. So, yeah. <laughs> what's the um, yeah. Well, isn't isn't your name David Tree on everything? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's only because I I think someone else took Dave Tree. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, no, for, for whatever. It, yeah, but I just put like David on there. So. All right. Cool. But, uh, well, well, good. Well, we'll we'll talk to you again in June. And we'll be on the floor. Maybe we'll talk to. Uh, talk to some some of the usual cast of characters who come down there i know we steve and i have a lot of fans of the show even though i usually do a bad accent every once in a while um you know i can't i tried to do the dengar for two seconds but i can't do it, it just, with yeah. an actual british person on the other end come on it's so good <laughs> it's so good I, I i close my eyes and i'm transported to like a, a sci-fi oliver twist so uh <laughs> it's, it's fantastic yeah, like fagin dengar that, that was kind of what yeah. i was going for yeah <laughs> You, you totally nailed it, so uh, I think that's good. All right, well, and then at one point, at some point in the last episode, I lost it. I was actually trying to do a sort of Paul Bateman-ish uh, <laughs> accent, but then it devolved into Australian. It, that's it the problem off. with it Americans. We just go the, straight yeah. to Australian. After a little bit, we'll be like, and when I was in the Stratford Shire upon Avon, I was looking for a wallaby, Dingo. Like, <laughs> well, what you know... Really, at the end of the day, what's the difference? It's all the same. Oh, so, come uh, on. That's... I, 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 think, I think it's good. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, thank you for uh, coming on and talking to us. And, uh, yeah, no worries. Thank, thank you. Look forward to talking to you down the road. Uh, thank you very much.
Okay, this is Sky again uh, in the editing process. It's now 5.49 p.m. I'd probably be almost at the show by now. I wanted to say that another reason I'm editing now instead of seeing the boss is that I couldn't do it over the weekend because in the weekend I'm finally making it to a collector's meeting. Uh, I've missed the last couple ones in Albany and I'm driving down to one in Connecticut. Now that's like a five and a half hour drive and you just heard me kind of laugh about the farthest from and about how far people can go to meet up with collectors. And it's just one of the themes of the show. You know, we talk all about the inner circle not existing, but it's just a group of friends. And I can imagine there's like 40 or 50 of you out there who are within five and a half hours of Micro Rob's place. And it's a public, a public meeting. He said anyone can come, just send him an email and he'll give you the address. And I just think that gives a real idea of how open it is, you know. So if you can hear this, I'm going to be posting this dang thing, hopefully by tomorrow, which will be Thursday. So you're going to hear it. You just get on the, the forum, you find Micro Rob, ask him for his address, and you show up on Sunday at around 11 a.m. Because uh, that's how you have the most fun in this hobby. More fun than learning about 21 backs. More fun than Carvalon uh, is actually getting together and talking about these things. And that's what David Tree did over in Farthingstonshire. And that's what we're going to be doing in Connecticut this weekend. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm actually, I'm so dedicated, guys. I didn't even go out to dinner. I'm making myself like couscous with uh, mustard sardines. <laughs> which is going to be interesting. And instead of watching season eight of 24, uh, I'm going to be editing the show. But that's hard because, you know, I love 24. Yeah. Tony? Yeah. It's Jack. Yeah. Did you get it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did he? I don't think he had anything low about We didn't ask him to say anything low about did I don't think we asked him to, no. Uh, Do we know? Is the actor who played Lobot British? <laughs> Uh, John yeah. Hollins, right? Yeah. Born yeah. in Nottingham, England. Oh, born in Not- Nottingham. <laughs> wow. So if Died he died in England. Did he? Uh, yeah, you, know, you know, he's someone who, if he had died in the Twitter age, it would have been a big deal. Absolutely. You know, like he died like 10 years too early. But imagine if he died this year, everyone would be like, R.I.P. Lobot. You were dope, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do people tweet you are dope, Steve? I don't well, know. maybe Lobot not lives. those precise words, but yeah. Ha- hashtag bodacious, brah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Right. And the other reason we brought you on, Bart, is uh, you're always good at, at, uh, at kind of keeping me reined in, but you're not going to do it this time. It might, no, yeah, ne- neither of us will be able to really uh, contain this. <laughs> so, Bart, this is my question for you. Are you ready? I think so. Does the Kivecast suck? <laughs> uh, no, the Kivecast does not suck. Okay, are you just saying that because you're my brother and you say that you're Steve's friend? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to keep Steve out of this. This is personal. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have been listening to it. Um, I, I went back a, f- a couple episodes to try to catch up. I knew we were going to be on, on the uh, ether, as it were. And, uh, yeah, I have a lot of fun with it. And I'm not all that deep in into the collecting side. So I think the stories and and the news and things. I mean, Star Wars, there was news. The new Star Wars stuff is coming out, right? I mean, we got, yeah. you know, announcements in 
on the front of Yahoo about Star Wars. So it's it's fun to see where where it's going to go. So. Well, it, it was it was brought to our attention uh, that, anyways. So it, it it turns out Bart that that some people think that the Kivecast does suck, and uh, and that's okay. And so there there's a, a another forum that's out out in England uh, called the Star Wars Forum uh, UK um, or the SWFUK. Um, <laughs> And and it turns out there's a whole thread about starting their own podcast. Right. right. Yeah. Now that's cool, right, Bart? Like another vintage podcast. Yeah, bring it on. Exactly. The more the merrier. Right? More the merrier, right? And they were talking about how they wanted to be a little bit uh, less broad than us. You know, like like a little bit more focused. Um, yep. Which, which I think is cool. I think on sort of an egotistical basis, you know, when we started this, everyone's like, you know. You could never do a podcast about vintage toys. That's too niche or niche. I, I, I don't know. I'm a, too much of a French professor. How are you supposed to pronounce that in English, Steve? Niche or niche? I don't know. I, I've always heard niche, but... Uh, okay. So that's too niche. And then now there's people coming out there saying that our podcast isn't niche enough. I mean, that's pretty cool. Hey, Steve? I mean, it's it's an interesting take. I mean, we've, I think we've kind of gone all over the board over the years, so it's it's hard to really define us. I have a hard time like telling people <laughs> what it is exactly that we, we talk about, which in some ways is good. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so I, I responded to their thread, and I, I, was, I was very diplomatic. Now, they had some... They had some let's just kind of go through some of their, their critiques, okay? All right. Um, because obviously we're very open to critiques. Some would say too open to critiques because every time someone says the show's too long, I try to make it shorter. And every time someone says it's too short, I try to make it longer. Um, but, you know, uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going to keep it anonymous here. I listen to Galaxy of Toys, and although I enjoy the show, it focuses on modern collecting rather than vintage. I also listen to the Kivecast, which I prefer, but in my opinion is slightly better, although, again, I always enjoy listening to them and currently working my way through the archives of the pod. So that's not too bad. That's kind of like a, a general... Not don't listen to it too much. I use another comment. I think the hour mark is a decent sort of length. Some of the Kivecast podcasts are over two hours, and it's sometimes hard to get through it all. I'm a firm believer in leaving the audience wanting more, so they come back to download the next podcast. What do you think? Is that, is that a fair comment there, Bart? Uh, they run long, but there's no reason you have to listen to the whole thing. Yeah, especially like whenever we have like lame, you know, guests on. Right, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are definitely brothers. Uh, can, yeah. uh, you can sense that. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, but this is something that's been raised by, by other listeners before. And, and, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of how you digest it, I guess. Um, but, and that's reasonable. But then there was this comment, which I must take some umbrage to. Okay. Whilst informative at times, I do find the Kivecast can descend into idle witterings for the sake of filling time. <laughs> I don't fill time. You don't fill time. Do you know how aggravating it is? How long the show is? Every minute of the show is another ten minutes of my life that I got to edit and put together and post yeah. and wait yeah. to put up. I wish yeah. this thing were five minutes long, Steve. <laughs> It'd be much easier on your soul, I think, Sky. Now listen. There's two sides, okay? There's the Chewbacca side of me, right? And that's the part of me that responded to this saying, hey, you know, uh, go for it, guys. You can do it. Uh, 
you know, we're not for everybody and I understand. You got to do what you want, but I know I would listen. And, and the Chewbacca side of me is going to listen. But then there's also the Emperor side, Steve. You know that. <laughs> yes, there's, they are the two sides. <laughs> and I just got to say, like, it makes for better podcasting when people get angry and bitter. I don't know if I can do it. I'm too nice of a guy. What do you think, Steve? Shall I let it go or just be nice? I think you can kind of walk the line. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, there's okay. definitely reason to, to kind of... Idle witterings for the sake of filling time. Okay. Yeah, because that's what I like to do in my free time. Just sit there listening to myself talk. Okay, how about this one? I stopped listening due to the presenters. Now, Steve, you can say what you want about Skyland El Payne, but no one, and I mean no one except me, talks that way about Stephen B. Dan. Uh, I, I mean, Bart? All right, it's Sky again. I'm about halfway through my couscous and mustard sardines. Now, it's one of the crazy things that the primary belligerent on the forum who leveled the most insanely cruel and hurtful and ow comments happened to send me a message literally 10 minutes after I started editing. So I recorded this, uh, you know, April 30th, whatever it was, and the whole time I've just been sitting here and I've got this whole long rant where I just go off on these guys and I just, I just started screaming and throwing stuff all around and, and cursing their names. But then I get a really nice text that just says, hey, you know, I just maybe a little bit, I really appreciate the work you do and it's harder than it looks. And so anyways, it, it turns out you're not actually going to get to see the emperor. Uh, you're just going to have to live with, with Chewie. What I will do because it's kind of funny is I'll just sort of leave little like segments of what I've said and you can kind of paste them together. But uh, I'll take it to sort of uh, sort of the end where we where we start the, what I like to call soon to be friendly war they want it just to be hard data they want it to be like the matrix but with just like star wars backs just flying back like 79a 22b they, they want robots not lobots i will eat a chewbacca figure okay i'm serious i'll eat the damn thing i'll chop it up and i'll eat it that's why because we gave him in his words the best interview he's ever had it was idle dithering to fill up time obviously but a podcast is also about my brother's dog's armpits having abrasions Leave being nationalistic jerks to us, and, and you guys be the evolved Europeans who learned from two world wars that nationalism leads to nothing but pain and misery. Am I wrong, Bart? They, they want robots, not lobots. I will eat a Chewbacca feed, okay? Those dogs' armpits having abrasions. So Bart had to leave. He got so upset. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. see, that's. I just, you know why I want to do this, Steve? I usually don't like to get into b debates and stuff like that. And I really do want them to do the show. And I'm sure it'll be good. And there's totally enough space for them to do it. And if they think that, that we're not good, that's totally fine. I totally get that. Um, and I know the show is really long. The show is really long because that's what I like to listen to. I like to listen to long shows. And we talk too much about my brother's dog's armpits because the show is free. And the show takes hours upon hours upon hours upon hours upon hours. And we do get a lot yeah. from it. I mean, we get people really care about it, and they treat us well, and I get to meet a lot of nice people and stuff. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the other thing, I mean, from my perspective, and this is, it's kind of, you know, regretful in the sense that, like, this is our main way to kind of stay connected. Like, tonight, like, we literally, we, we started 
recording like three seconds after we first yeah. talked to each other. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just the nature of what, what we enjoy doing. So it's, uh, you know, there, I'm sure there's people that won't be interested in, in all that, but that's that's fine. You know, it's we get a lot out of it ourselves. So, but I, I do want to say that there were a couple folks who came to our defense, and I really appreciated it. And the thing that they they both said, and these are people we've had on the show before. Um, I don't want to name any names because I don't want to go after the people who are saying it. Because whatever, I don't I don't care. You guys can go after us. It, it's actually cool that we have haters. I mean, that that's awesome. That's just how we've done something right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a sign that yeah that we have some kind of. But, but just said that we are. Uh, well, they referred to you as a legend, and I love that. I don't know if that was me. I think it might have been the, no, the no, two no, of no, us. No, no. Maybe a, a typo. It no, says, wait. and Sky does bring a real sense of fun to the proceedings with Steve being his straight man. The guy's a legend. That's you, Steve. <laughs> you're you're a legend. Nah. Um, <laughs> I mean, when you're not doing idle witterings. <laughs> um, but uh, but the, the one comment was at times it gets to be a little inner circle heavy. That was the comment. Yeah. And Steve, I, I think that we should really just sort of – I think that is true. I think at this point we just need to acknowledge that some of the older collectors don't acknowledge the newer collectors in a way that's very appealing. And that even includes me. Right. Like I don't mean to be that way. But like, I don't think I hung out with Trevor at all at Celebration Six, right? And I mm-hmm. really like Trevor, yeah. and he's helped us out, and I've talked to him online, and like, he's the kind of guy where I wish I had more hours in the day because I love to hang out with him. But yeah, I was probably hanging out with you or with Ron or whatever with someone who, you know, is has been in the hobby longer and who I've known for a longer period of time, you know. Right, right. But that's the whole point. We've talked about it before about, you know, that I used to be angry and I used to feel on the outside. But the thing is about our show, and I really do mean it, it's like there is an inner circle to the show. And it's not the archive. Not at all. Right. I mean, Brisbane, Brisbane Mike, he is Chris Jorgulius on this podcast. Well, I mean, Chris Jorgulius is Chris Jorgulius, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, yeah, it's that's what matters to us. And the thing is, the archive can't be that way. A forum can't be that way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's something about this show where you interact with it and we interact with you. And it, it creates kind of an inner circle just for us, the Kivecast inner circle. Yeah. So um, right. there's a lot of you out there. And pretty much if you've ever written to the show, you're in it. Because that means that you care and that you're, in, that you're into it. Um, and I've come up with a term, Steve. You're either okay. in the inner circle or you're an outer jerkle. <laughs> choice we got to make, But it does make me self-conscious because then I think about their critiques and then I start thinking, well, boy, we just spent 20 minutes talking about how they were doing this and then that's definitely not talking about uh, the intricacies of Carbolon production. Um, so, yeah, you got to just uh, not be – don't get too sensitive. We'll just do – we do what we do. Yeah, that's right. We do what we do. And we've been doing it for a long time, Steve. Yeah. I, I, what? That's going on fourth or fifth year? Yeah. yeah. Going on the fourth or fifth year. So anyways, that was, uh, that, that, was, that was fun. It was great. You know what? Screw those guys. <laughs> We're starting a full war with you. <laughs> Try to do something better. Seriously, I completely dare you. Come up with a better show than this. Seriously, do it. I dare you. Okay? You got it, SWF UKs? This is a challenge. 
You're, you're down, Steve? Okay, the gauntlet is, is thrown, And this man, isn't huh? England. We got plenty of great British listeners and friends over there. This isn't a thing. I don't care about Rebel Scum versus SWFUK. SWFUK is a great forum. I love it. But their podcast stinks. It's garbage. I, okay, they haven't made it yet. But when they do, it's going to be bad. And, and we're officially at war. Right, Steve? <laughs> Can I just go Swiss? No. <laughs> no. Because, Steve... So you don't get it. See, if we go to war, that's going to make them more likely to do the show, and then we'll have more content for the vintage hobby, which is all I really care about in the first place. I uh, see. It's the, uh, the, the ultimate. See, I don't actually want to go to war with right. them. I want them to think I'm at war with them. Those jerks. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, she didn't work. I explained, uh. my, I explained my reasoning. Oh, well. That's the problem of being too much of a relativist. Uh, so other news, Steve. Uh, another great <laughs> member of the inner circle, not the outer jerkle. <laughs> Can I be a part of the inner jerkle? Can I just call myself that? <laughs> See, that's for me. <laughs> that, that, that's my that's my real home. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, Trevor, right. who was a big hit last month, by the way. Yeah, no, he was great. Um, it's really awesome to have him on, and uh, hopefully, we can do that again soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he uh, he sent us uh, a good kind of forum roundup um and uh yeah no it's it, it's cool because it's not all toy related which is was something we're trying to, to kind of ramp up is the non the non-toy stuff see so, that's a good example we'll jump of right a critique it? that was really helpful i think it was scott bradley who just said hey you guys used to do this more do it more you know right right and that's great um so let's see so he talks about uh the atari 2600 game artwork and yeah, so we'll put yeah. up a picture of, of the show notes, provided that you have a... Oh, I switched phones, by the way, Steve. Did I tell you that last month? You did, oh. yeah. Well, I, I can't, I can't yeah. get the show notes to show up on my phone. Oh, you didn't tell yeah. me that. <laughs> like, I can't get the enhanced version. So I'm um. now one of those dudes who emails me going, <laughs> Sky, I've got the Kyocera 1124282 database. How come I can't get the live thing? And... I just don't even begin to look at those emails. There's no way of me knowing. Uh, but this is from uh, a guy who goes by Last Chance to Own It. Right. Um, and what is it, Steve? So it's the original artwork for the cover of the Atari 2600 uh, arcade game, um, which I hope we, we can get to that as, a, as our sponsor later because it's one of my favorite uh, pieces of commercial <laughs> work ever done but uh, no the, the the artwork for itself is like actually gigantic so it's what would be on the little cartridges you buy at the store i guess the the original is like 31 by 42 big so it's huge wow. uh, and it was done by bob peak who uh he did a lot of movie posters for like star trek and other sci-fi movies um and other video games but uh yeah it's i guess this only surfaced not not that long ago he came upon it um but it's an awesome piece of, of original art that is not toy related. It's it's, but it's completely like in the vintage realm. I would say. Right. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the um, toy galaxy headers. Kind of has that feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's weird. Like I was, I saw the original like Star Trek the motion picture poster somewhere recently, and it has that kind of rainbow look to it. Oh I remember, yeah, right? that's and this a good call has too. That too. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Like. And the bottom of the logo has kind of got this weird rainbow beam coming off of it. It totally reminds me of the, the Star Trek poster. I'm not sure if you did that one, but right. I would. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if you did. 
Um, hey, Steve, we actually already did the arcade game commercial. Yeah. Did we? When? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure we did it. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, that's disappointing. That's it. I stopped <laughs> doing the show. Um, I guess we could probably do it again. No, no, no. All right, it's okay. I'll put it in right now. Here is Star Wars the Arcade Game TV commercial. Oh, yeah, right, the arcade. Just watch it. Oh, I'll watch it. You've probably watched it. Star Game. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I get the like impression when I see that guy's face, it almost looks like it's being stretched or, or magnified in some creepy like Raiders of the Lost Ark way, where his head might explode, but they don't quite get there. Right. <laughs> Did you yeah, get that yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely some game. I, I've never. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah. I mean, I, how can you not like believe that guy? <laughs> Um, and then I, I guess we we should uh, uh, go into. Uh, he also said, "Do you want to tell what?" Actually, no. We'll get into that with Bart. Um, and then uh, he mentions the the prototype limelight by Matthias. Yes, um, kind of expanding on. I think an earlier he did an earlier limelight we talked to him about with with Luke, but he's got a pretty extensive run on all of the early bird figures, uh, including some first shots that could be the ones that were used in all that original kind of material, which is pretty insane when you think about it. Yeah, because that, you know, the, the first shots that were used to sell the, to sell the early bird set. And it's just beautiful. Right. It's, it, it makes, it takes first shots, which, you know, some don't think are that special, but it gives kind of an extra specialness to them because it was used in the original promotional material. Um, what right. I love is that he, he pairs it with a slide, with an actual Kenner slide, yeah. and we'll show that right. in the show notes. Well, if, if Lobart ever earns his Lobot, we'll have the show notes and we'll put that up in the, in the enhanced version. Um, but Matthias just has great sense of display. I mean, again, not yeah. that I would know, because when I went to his house, everything was in boxes, except for his one <laughs> uh, Chirpa on a AT uh, on a Thai pilot card. Uh, but it's just—I'm sure it was still displayed well, though. Right? No, it was just in a box. It was just oh, was so annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, and that's definitely worth taking taking a look at all of his his run um, because it's it's pretty. It's actually hard to to fully understand. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know what we should probably do. We should probably come back to Matthias's Luke run um, when we do another Luke figure. So maybe when we do Luke Poncho or something, we we should come back to him. Um, maybe give that a chance to come back. Why does it give it a chance? Um, <laughs> give it a chance to come back and talk about uh, talk about talk about his run because we didn't really talk to anybody back in the original. Uh, first figure so I think that would be a fun idea yeah uh, but yeah. It's, it's just great to have these kind of historically significant pieces um, and uh, there's another limelight too by friend of the show uh, uh, Tim Eckholt 
Yes. I mean, this has to be one of the most, uh, like, jaw-dropping limelights in a while, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, <laughs> this, this, this is exactly what I would want to have as a collection. Yeah, right, right. So he's got an extensive uh, 2D pre-production run on the first 21 characters, so all the Star Wars characters. And, uh, yeah. Have you actually seen some of the uh, pictures of his display, too? Uh, I haven't seen him in a while, but... Okay, yeah. It's, uh, it's like a a museum for the first 21, really. Um, it's, it's incredible, and, um, yeah. I mean, you can tell he has dedication. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, to, to track all of those down, um... I mean, yeah, just to give you an idea, too, I mean, he has a nice mixture of chromalins and proofs and even photo art. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the, the run for Kenobi, for, for instance, it's just, uh, it's mind-blowing. And I think, I think for a lot of collectors that kind of had runs on these going, as they kind of moved on to other things, it seems like a lot of it kind of accumulated with Tim, which in a lot of ways is, is awesome because it's just bringing everything together right yeah well it's it's funny because the the second photo art of obi-wan that used to belong to my good friend dean out in uh finland or denmark or yeah okay finland um and i remember he said i'm never gonna sell it never gonna sell it and uh well there it is (laughs) and and (laughs) most of the most of his chewies uh actually came when I bought all of my Chewies from Todd Hudson, who sold out his collection, I had doubles, mm-hmm. and I sold those to him, and I took the money from yeah. that to buy my one-sided 12-back proof. Wow. Um, and then I gave the other half uh, to my wife uh, as a gift. Uh, not that I'm <laughs> angry about that. Uh, oh, uh, Star Wars F.U.K.? Um, <laughs> Sky, yeah, you, you, need a, you need a beer? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm actually in a good mood. Um, yeah, and then if and if you look at this run, I mean, this uh, he, there's no stairs that could contain this. If you go back to the old, no, that's old exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm imagining like one of those crazy uh, like Buddhist temples. <laughs> the stairs would just go up forever. Like, and this would be all these proof cards would just be kind of lining that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's really impressive, and it's it's awesome that he's. Uh, you know, posted publicly for everyone to check out. It's. I'm hoping. I mean, we tried to get Tim on tonight, actually, and it just wasn't going to work out tonight. But I'm hoping we can get him on again or on soon, because uh, yeah, he he needs to kind of. I'd love to hear some backstory on on all of this. It's it's crazy. Yeah, and, and as the 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 photo art for so many of the, this is really funny. It's like a graveyard of. Hey, I wonder where that went. Because I, I remember when the second photo art of of Boba Fett came up. Uh, uh-huh. And it was for sale, I don't know, maybe eight years ago. And I remember the guy wanted ten grand for it, and everyone was like, he's crazy, he's crazy. Oh, But uh, yeah. I, I get the sense you could get that much for it now. Um, yeah, so we, yeah. we hope to have him on. And he's, a lot of people don't remember this, but whenever you see that, okay, and it's easy to get jealous, I'm jealous of his collection, okay? I see it, and I go, why don't I have that? I should have that, right? That's what we all feel. Uh he is the reason that there is the Amanamanatee coin. Yeah. He, he, he made he that a... and gave that. So if you have one of those from the Celebration 6 party, that is his personal gift to you. Like, no one paid him. He made them. Uh, you know, they were designed by Lobart and, well, by Matthias and Lobart and uh, I think those are the main designers. Uh, but he's the reason that we have them. So that's yeah. just a great example yeah. of like, 
okay, so this guy is sitting here and he keeps a little profile and you're saying, why does he have all this great stuff? Well, you know what? He also gives back and giving back doesn't have to be, you know, posting a thousand times. It can be just doing something no, really no. nice and paying attention. And so, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, I think, I don't know. I still feel like we can't discuss the Steve Denny article. Yeah, it's it uh, requires a lot of in-depth reading. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like I, I made like this whole list of notes when I first read it, thinking that we were going to talk about it, and now I'm like not making sense of my notes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know I think we should just push that off again. Okay. Um, I think that we should tell our listeners get off your butts, go to KenraCollector.com, and yeah. make sure you read that article. And hopefully we'll talk. You know, let's let. Maybe we'll just like surprise people on it and bring it up after it's fallen out of people's thoughts. Yeah, that's that's always that always works. We were kind of doing that with a lot of other stuff anyway, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Being a vintage podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that that sounds good to me. Um, yeah, so good. Uh, should we call Ron now? Do you think he's ready? Sure. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I think if he's good to go, why not? All right, so we're we're here with Ron Salvatore, the Holy Ghost. How's it going, Ron? All right, guys, how's it going? Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going well. I've been emailing Ron. I'm hoping to crash at his house this weekend. Uh, yeah, sounds good. I, it should be fun. I'm in between apartments, Ron. So either, <laughs> either in between apartments. Yeah, either I come down to you, or I sleep in the supermarket parking lot in a <laughs> back of my van in a sleeping oh. bag. So it's up to you. Uh. That's all right. We'll find a spot for you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, we're a little bit behind because we were going to just jump on with Ron to do a new feature, which is – we haven't named it yet, Steve. I think we'll call it like, what's up on the archive? Or Un- what, what do you think, Ron? Unnamed feature. I don't know. I mean, uh, I haven't even thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> See, that, that's why we get criticized, Ron, for not preparing enough. <laughs> uh, I think it's better to kind of just wing it in some ways. Yeah. Seems like it's more fun and fancy free that way. Well, Steve brought up a story that uh, has absolutely nothing to do with Star Wars. What's the story, Steve? <laughs> well, it's the whole uh, E.T. landfill recovery, which, <laughs> I don't know, it just seems like it's something a lot of collectors are talking about. I just think it's it's pretty funny. Uh, but that's, I don't know, it's it's tangential, but, you know. What do you guys have to say? Did you ever try the E.T. Atari game back in the day? Oh, God, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> my, I remember my mom wouldn't buy it for me because it was, like, over $20, which was really expensive for an Atari game. <laughs> and my friend got it for Christmas or something, and I remember being real excited to play it and just being baffled, like, not understanding what I was supposed to do, kind of just getting the little characters stuck, and you couldn't get them out of ruts and here or there, and what the point of the game was... And uh, I think that's probably the only time I ever played it was that one time. Well, I just, the story is kind of a famous story of all of the ETs being put into a landfill. And Steve, mm-hmm. I, I'm desperately trying to make, I'm trying to save your idea and tie this into Star Wars. And that's <laughs> part of the reason uh, I wanted someone, you know, on the show who knows something about Star Wars toys, which is why we call Ron. Um, now, there's some kind of story like this with just dumping massive quantities of things that might be valuable in the Star Wars world. And I was thinking it had something to do with Hong Kong and a harbor. 
uh, what, what am I thinking of, Ron? Do you know? Um, yeah, well, I don't know if it qualifies as an urban legend, because it's more of like a Star Wars toy collecting legend that, um, steel tools, basically, you know, production molds for Star Wars toys were dumped into, was it Hong Kong? I don't know, that, that sounds like it might be right, but somewhere, you know, uh, in what is, uh, unpolitically correctly known as toy business, um, they were dumped into the water and because they were at that point. And so, you know, the, the vendors who were using them just kind of dumped them. So I can't remember where it came from. Maybe Tom Neuheisel or someone like that. But the story's been around a long time, so that definitely people have heard it. Yeah, I think we've maybe even talked about it on the show, about, like, trying to go diving. Actually, now, Steve, I'm pretty sure we have talked about it on the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think about it, I mean, those things are tend to be pretty large. You know, the big hunks of steel. It's like, well, what do you do with them when you know you can't use them anymore? You know, you'd imagine they would do something like recycle them or something. But yeah, I guess it's kind of cost effective if you have no other option just to dump them out there in the harbor. And that was the story. But I can't remember that any more details about it. But that's definitely been one that's been floating around for a long time. Yeah. Well, that's cool. You see, Steve, I saved your segment. How, how do you feel? Thanks. I, I feel redeemed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Should we maybe just record this stuff with a nugget later, or do you think Ron would have anything to say about a Disco Lobot unpainted four-up? <laughs> he might. <laughs> well, how, Disco Lobot unpainted four-up. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The pointing Lobot? Yeah. Yeah, pointing Lobot. Uh, I don't know. I gotta find it on the archive here. Uh, it's, it's it's in the. Uh... Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. All right, Ron. So you emailed me. I don't know a couple weeks ago, saying that we should talk more about the archive on the archive podcast. <laughs> novel idea right uh so what did you have in mind well uh actually it occurred to me because um chris uh Gergulius had posted a pretty good update of this all about cincinnati board game and uh he and i had talked about it a while before he had posted it and uh it's a pretty cool uh write-up that he put a lot of work into and it's got a ton of links and, and lots of information about this board game which is basically kind of a, a board game that's centered around Cincinnati and has a Kenner connection to it. And uh, I just kind of thought that people don't tend to notice it. It doesn't get talked about on the forums or anything, so it seems like people don't, sometimes don't notice the cool updates that happen on the archives. So it probably wouldn't be a bad idea <laughs> just an archive podcast to, to kind of, if there's been new stuff added, to maybe mention like, hey, these these new things have been added uh, so people know to, to take a look at the entries and... Um, so actually, then how, how do people find this on the archive? Well, when you go to the main page, which is the SWCA.com, uh, you go to what's new, which is, I think, the topmost link right under the coin, and it brings you to all the new things that have been added in the last couple months. And, right. Uh, as you know, sometimes there's not that much added, but, you know, there's <clears throat> since we've talked, I added a bunch of stuff, so there's been stuff that's been added even after the stuff Chris added. Um, I think Duncan added an Ewok sticker album, and, and Stefan Falcor added some French items. 
um, which are kind of interesting. And then I added some stuff last weekend, which is more of uh, unlicensed ceramic stuff and then some interesting Kenner-related stuff, um, which I don't know if you want to talk more about or if, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, because people often, I think, sort of wait around for limelights or they want to sort of, it is true. It's one of the things I've always found interesting about the archive is that it seems like it goes in waves. Does that sound accurate, Ron? Yeah, I mean, it depends. You know, it goes as according to having people who, you know, have the time and the inclination to work on it. So, you know, right. sometimes it'll be people are busy and another time someone will get, you know, some free time and will add a bunch of stuff and then all of a sudden it seems like a ton of stuff gets added. But, you know, sometimes I think that people just aren't checking it regularly, so it wouldn't be a bad idea to, to update that because it gives you guys some good discussion topics, I think. It also kind of gives people a better look at what's out there. Right. Yeah, so I think we'll, we'll, we'll do that, I think, more. So then Ron would, would come on and say, Hey, everybody, <laughs> who wants to know about a wax cast for an Empire Strikes Back large-size figure booth? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that'll be very exciting for people. <laughs> Sounds exciting. Well, you know, Ron, we we were just uh, we went over this quite in depth. We were viciously attacked on a uh, message board about the poor quality of our podcast. Oh, I read that. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Uh, so I'm, you know, we're we're a little bit defensive now, and apparently we're not uh, hardcore enough. I think so you should if just you can ignore more... it. To be honest. <laughs> No, no. Can you're going to talk about ignore the... this, Ron? I, I think that's impossible. <laughs> you're going to talk about the wax cast for an Empire Strikes Back large size figure boot for 45 minutes. Go. For 45 minutes? Yes, go. Well, I don't know if I have that much to say about that, but that, that was one of the items I added, which was a um, basically a wax cast for the for what was the sculpt for the, the boot for the Luke Bespin doll and the Han Hoth doll, both of which obviously were never released, so it's kind of like the... I don't know, what would you call that boot? The Bespin-style boot? That's how I think of it, because the Luke Bespin was always wearing that. But he's, as, as you guys have mentioned in the past, he didn't necessarily wear that outfit just on Bespin, so right. Right. I'm not sure what you want to call it. The Empire Strikes Back boot is not a bad That's, title, but yeah, um, yeah. it's kind of like the... Uh, there's no sculpts or hard copies I'm aware of for that item, and it's obviously a distinctive item that was never released, so it's kind of a cool piece on the sea and it's just you know basically a wax boot with a big pore screw attached to it that's also made of wax that turned up with a sculptor a while back and uh, so I added that that's one of the things um there's also well I guess the biggest thing content wise is that I I added a special feature I've been working on for a while on unlicensed ceramics which I don't know if you guys had a chance to look through that at all um, yeah, I started you know, I mean, to. I, I, I've seen the items. I haven't seen the actual feet, the write-up on it. Well, unfortunately, the way that the archive software is set up, I don't. You, it won't. The new section won't show a feature. So to get to that, you have to go to the main page. Okay. And click on features, and then special feature, and then you'll see it right at the top of the right at the top of the page. So go to features ah, and then special feature, and then there's a whole article on Star Wars Unlicensed Ceramics, and it's got some uh, first-hand experience recollections from uh, Scott Bradley, Jonathan McElwain, Bobby Sharp, 
and you know some other stuff and then it's got links to all the entries on the ceramic stuff which you know the, some of the entries are pretty long so it, if you're interested at all in that stuff it'd be a pretty uh, informative article to check out I think well um, I mean let, let's let's give a little bit of a harder sell you guys have to check this out yeah. Ron, I hadn't seen this I'd seen the individual pieces in what's new I hadn't seen the feature yeah well uh, I put some links into the individual write-ups for the items so if you scroll to the bottom you can click on it, you'll see a link that takes you to the feature but I don't have another way of giving well, a well, um, Ron d- despite the fact that I, I am one of the hosts of the podcast for the archive I am still also a very disappointing archive user <laughs> so <laughs> That means that if you know if I have to go beyond one extra thought, it's like oh I didn't see it. Where was that? So that's yeah. why you're here talking about it, and uh, it's got a nice layout. Looks like it's good, you know, mixture yeah. of information and stories. Jared Clark uh, helped uh, do some of the graphics for me, so credit to Jared, who's a big podcast fan, because he did some good work yeah. on that. He did the little banner and everything. But um, people have been bugging me to, to finish this thing for a while because. There's several, believe it or not, there's several fans of unlicensed ceramics <laughs> who um, ha- had been looking forward to it. But Pete Vilmer helped out a lot, uh, sent me some items. So there's a lot of stuff from Pete included. That this stuff, he has some stuff that I don't have. Um, so kudos to him too for contributing some of the photos. Uh, but I, unless you're really hardcore into this, I, when you go through the feature, I think you'll see a lot of stuff you've never been aware of before. Like my, one of my favorite is Jonathan's. Uh, pig dressed as Darth Vader piece, which is one of the most bizarre Star Wars <laughs> things I've ever seen. It is a pig dressed like Darth Vader, which I, I don't have it, so if anyone has one, let me know. Okay, kivecast at gmail.com. We'll, we'll put you in the right direction. Oh, man, I'm just looking at this thing Vader. now. That is one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty cool piece. Um, so that that's probably the biggest thing content-wise, but then probably if you're into uh, Kenner action figure stuff, which, as we know, a lot of people are. Um, probably the most interesting thing I added was uh, two pieces from uh, collector Ross Cuddy, uh, which are paperwork items that he's had for a while. And have you guys looked through that stuff yet? Yeah, I, I no. pulled it up, and I was actually, I didn't know we were going to talk about it today because I was thinking it'd be, it'd be a good thing for next month. We're here now, so I think we should take a look. Yeah, well, um, there's more coming, so there will be other okay, stuff because Russ has like a ton of this paperwork. Cool. Um, but uh, I finally emailed him a little while ago. I was like, hey, why don't we add this stuff to the archive? It's really cool. Um, and, and the first one is um, uh, related to what they are is two change notices, which is kind of a piece of paperwork that Kenner would have used internally to order changes to the line. Um, this is early stuff, and so what are the two biggest changes to the line that you can think of very early on? Well, one would be the switch from the double telescoping lightsaber to the regular lightsaber, and that's one of the change notices we added. So it's basically a piece of paperwork saying, okay, we have a one, we have a two-piece lightsaber, and we're going to change it to this new design, which is a one-piece design. And um, you'll see all the, the notations and stuff on this on this piece to kind of give you background on the change, and then I kind of wrote up, you know, the significance of some of the notations in the description. Um, basically, they had a molding problem doing the two-piece design, and so they decided to ditch it, and they moved to the one-piece, and it's got, like, a diagram of what it was supposed to look like and some references to some new engineering drawings that had to be generated, 
and uh, just very cool to see that kind of internal stuff going on in 1977. Yeah. In addition to that, Ross gave me a whole write-up about how he found this stuff on eBay, which is a great story in and of itself. So um, I included that in the description, and you can read all that. Um, and uh, the second item, which I think is probably cooler even, because to me it's more revelatory, is the um, change notice for the, the vinyl cape, which is obviously one of the second big changes early in the, in the line, the vinyl cape Jawa. And so what it reveals really is that the Jawa was originally supposed to come with no cape, which I don't think huh. I've ever heard before. And it actually no. says on there, change from no cape to make new drawing in cape as follows. And then it shows a little mm -hmm. diagram of what the uh, vinyl cape would look like. Um, and that's pretty significant. You know, when I first saw it, I was like, are they really saying that this thing had no cape originally? And then I went back and looked at some early stuff related to the Jawa, including the blueprint that's out there. Right. And uh, I realized that all the blueprints for the caped figures, you know, Ben, Leia, Vader, and the Sand Person, all specify on those blueprints that they were supposed to come with capes. So they say, uh, Princess Leia will come with a vinyl cape. It says it like right on the blueprint. The Jawa has no notation like that. And I also realized that 15 years ago when I originally wrote those descriptions on the archive, I actually said on there, it's in the description. It says it's too bad that the blueprint makes no reference to the vinyl cape it was to come with. Obviously, <laughs> like 15 years later, it's like, oh wow, that's why it doesn't mention it. And so it's like, oh wow, I did notice that all that time ago and just didn't realize it, you know. So basically, the upshot of it is that the Jawa, if you take the cape off of it, you know, the vinyl cape and/or the, the cloth cape, that's how it was originally supposed to look. So when they sculpted that thing, it wasn't supposed to have a cape. Um, and judging by the the change notice that Ross has, it says marketing edition, which you know pretty much means that the folks in marketing thought the figure would be you know more saleable if they included something with it. Right. And so that's how the vinyl cape came to be. And then obviously, at some point they decided to ditch that and go with the cloth cape. But I mean, historically, the the interesting thing is that as sculpted, the figure was pretty much complete without the cape initially, which kind of explains why you know those bandolier straps and all that stuff and why it's it so detail yeah well, yeah and that's i mean whenever i think about the vinyl cape versus cloth cape you know my brother who we just heard from and, and my other brothers they just ruined all my star wars toys i never had any accessories and i never really even thought that he needed a cape i mean i don't remember i that's how i played with it yeah and now I mean, that i look at it it really does function really well as a capeless figure in some ways, I, mean, I think it looks more meager without a cape, but I think it does almost look more accurate <laughs> when you don't have yeah. a cape on it. Um, and, and actually, too, I, and I put a bunch of photos on the on the description so you can kind of line them up and look. The the picture on the early bird envelope, which is one of the other earliest depictions of the Jawa, also seems to show it without a cape. You know, it shows kind of an in-action version of the blueprint. Um, you know, it's just... A figure, you can see kind of like the area around the torso, the square area where the legs would connect. And so it, I think at that point they were still thinking when they did that, that, that painting that it wasn't going to have a cape. Right. Um, so to me that, I mean, I don't know how interested you are in little details like that, but historically speaking, that's kind of a really kind of a fascinating discovery that this thing originally as sculpted would not have had a cape that came with it. Now, Ron, that's, I mean, that's exactly 
that's like the most interesting thing I've heard in a long time. Yeah, and, and that's it's funny. And that's really we... yeah. It's such a shame, or it would be a shame if you know people didn't know that because that's that's exactly why we have the show, yeah. right? And that's exactly why we all get together and do this stuff because well, that's so cool to know that that figure is you know that the cape doesn't even matter. There's this whole thing, you know. It'd be like if there was oh yeah, we weren't going to have a lightsaber. Yeah, it's a major modification to one of the first 12 figures that people I don't think were even aware of until this came out. And uh, um, well, I posted on Rebel Scum and it, it got like two comments. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's not that interesting after all. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, well, that, Ross yeah. first showed us his paperwork at Celebration, I can't remember which one, five? I can't remember which celebration, but that's where I first met Ross, I think, and he had that paperwork, and we looked through it, and I don't even think it registered with me then exactly. Like, I remember the change notice and thinking it related to more the change from the vinyl cape to the cloth. You know, we just looked at it quickly, but it was only recently when I looked at it again, I was like, no, what this thing says is that it was originally supposed to come with no cape, and it's changing to a vinyl cape. So even though the paperwork had been... Out there, I had never realized exactly what it was saying until I really examined it closely. Wow. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. You know what's funny, Steve? Yeah. In a way, the archive is like a web version of this podcast. <laughs> Fancy that. <laughs> uh, get, getting too postmodern on you guys? All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, but like I said, I'll have some more stuff. Ross has a ton of this stuff, and some of the stuff, I don't know. I, it, I would say that it would be really surprising, but again, judging by the reaction that this kind of stuff usually ends up having on Rebel Scum or whatever, maybe people just won't care, but to me, it was fairly significant stuff. Like, just to tease, some of the other stuff in the paperwork is like lists of products that Kenner was considering, that stuff that was never, to, never released early on. Um, which is really interesting, you know, stuff that, you know, figures and things that were never made um, that people have always longed for. So, you know, this is confirmation that at least Kenner was considering that back in the late 70s. Um, there's also a pretty interesting change notice related to the Tuscan Raider that kind of reveals something that I think that people have never known about. So that's another interesting one. I'll be posting sometime in the next few weeks. Wow, awesome. Well, we'll have... We'll have you back on to talk about it because I think that's, I don't know, that's at least the best way to get to our audience because I know a lot of our audience doesn't even go on the forums anymore. Yeah, um, well, I mean, check it out. You know, there's, you can start a discussion on it on Rebel Scum or just go on the archive and take a look at that stuff. But there's definitely some new neat stuff that's been added. And like I said, Duncan and um, Stefan have added some other cool stuff. And Chris's board game is cool. And in early yeah, that board game is wild. I just checked that. It out. is pretty. It's like crazy, Monopoly, yeah. but for Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. And he wrote like a super cool description. They put a lot of work into the description, and of course, nobody probably even saw it. So <laughs> you should take a look at it because it's pretty cool. And then, if you're interested in the board game, sometimes they pop up on eBay. So you know, keep an eye out for it. It's a pretty neat piece of like Kenner history. There's a few references to Kenner. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a cool bunch of updates. Oh. So yeah, everyone go check it out in the what's new feature of the archive. And you know what? If go and check it out. If there's a, a piece that you think is interesting that we didn't mention, 
kivecast at gmail.com. I think that actually could be a fun thing we could do. Just find your own dang nuggets. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, that's true. And, and also, Gus added some, um, looks like some casting crew stuff too in early March. So if you're into that stuff, you know, that's another thing to check out on there. Yeah, I mean, this, you know what, Steve? This is the nugget. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to do some unpainted lobot deal. No. Unpainted Lobot. That's a cool unpainted Lobot. He's, he's, I like Lobot. All right, all right. All right I'll keep that one in. I'll keep that one in. The, the audience has already heard it. But all I'm saying is there's too many nuggets. Someone today said to me, you know, oh, if you're already up to 51 and there's only 92 characters or whatever, you're going to be done soon. And we're just not going to be done uh, because there's still so much to say. There's a lot more to discuss out there in the world of uh, Star Wars collecting, I think. You guys can keep coming up with stuff especially when you get to go too far and do an alteration of an old, unfavorite commercial theater breakdown. <laughs> okay. So I happened to look up commercials for, for Lobot, as I like to do, Kenner commercials. And what I'd like to do is I'd just like you to just take a second, audience. If you can, find the commercial and watch it. And I'm, I'm going to have my... Uh, my my co my colleagues here watch this commercial, and, and then I'd like to talk about it about what makes it good. Well, I'd like to reenact it, <laughs> and then talk. But I'm not going to do the whole like poetic thing. We'll just reenact it. So, anything, man. <laughs> so, so what I'd like to proposit is that not only did did they kind of evolve as toy makers, but they evolved as cinematic commercial makers. Yeah, <laughs> because the early days, it really was just a bunch of kids in the backyard, kind of jumping up and down. And I think you even see an evolution from the earlier thirty-one back commercials that we watched earlier. Now, still, the thirty-one back commercials you have kind of interaction between the characters. Um, but this this commercial is particularly rich. I mean, first of all, it all takes place inside of a kitchen, <laughs> which is neat because they've taken all sorts of like uh, like cans, like flour and stuff, and that becomes their play space. And what I love is that at the end you have Han Solo being put into carbonite, which is just a glass. It's just a kitchen glass. <laughs> yeah, um, that's exactly what I used to do. Like you pour. It's gotta be. It's, pour the water and then freeze them. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's either the commercial was like super in tune with um, you know kids' mindsets at that time, or it was like super influential because I've heard of ton of tons of people freezing their Han Solos. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's an interesting chicken or egg question whether they did it because they saw the commercial or they did it because they just had the idea themselves and the commercial picked up on that. Yeah, and it's just whenever, at least when I was a kid, you know, you'd watch the commercials, especially for RC cars, and you'd think this is the greatest thing, and they always put toys in the most ideal settings, 
And that's something that I think Star Wars toys, I guess vintage toys in general, didn't do as much. They'd show you the toys where you play with them as right. opposed to these weirdly lit cityscapes that you're supposed to be able to have in your backyard. Yeah, um, yeah Kenner was real good with that. That's, that's something that um, Brian Stillman got into a little bit in his uh, his Plastic Galaxy movie was how they extended the whole, like, you can be part of the, the universe through these toys idea to right. the commercials where it was like, yeah, well, I'll show you how to enter into Star Wars by playing with these, you know, little plastic men and whatnot. So, I mean, I think that was part of their advertising philosophy in a way. But, I mean, did you guys ever play with your toys like that? Uh, apparently Steve did. Well, as far as the freezing stuff, yeah. 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 I just mean, like, with your friends, like, Moving your figures around and talking to each other like that and everything. Mm, no, I wouldn't describe it like that. <laughs> well, I remember this like clearly being a kid and watching these commercials and being like, "Gee, I never saw my toys like that." <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah, I, was yeah. miss- I was missing out. Like all these other kids are having way more fun, and I'd be like, <laughs> "I don't know." Like mine just mostly sat there and I looked at them. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. It- it's like when you watch the commercials for the light beer. And it's like they're all on the rooftop in New York having right. parties and stuff. Yeah. And you're just sitting there on your couch, like, drinking a Labatt Blue. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, it doesn't really, I'm not doesn't really yeah, correlate. <laughs> yeah. But you, you know what I think it is? I think that the, because the, I watch, you know, my kids play a lot. And I think what it is, is it's, it's externalizing internal dialogue. Right. So I'm pretty sure I did say that. But the, it would have looked to the outside that I was just taking two figures and smashing them together and trying not to hurt my fingers. Yeah. Um, well, it wasn't just the talking, though, too. It was, like, the playing with your friend's part. Like, yeah. yeah. Maybe I was just a lonely and, you know, sad child. But, I mean, I remember bringing my figures to friends' houses, but I don't remember, like, really, like, playing like that. <laughs> it was more like, I don't know what we did with them. I don't know. I still don't remember. Like, I didn't do much of my thing. I just, like, had them. They were just kind of like, yeah. I just had them. I just carried them around and put them on my, sometimes I made little, like, dioramas with, like, set them all, like, all the Jabba figures, like, on the table together, like, like a Jabba's Palace thing, but there was never right. much, like, action playing, you know. It was kind of beyond my capabilities or something. You know what? I actually, I did action play, but I hate to, you know, this will make the Flag Points podcast happy. I only remember action playing with my friend's G.I. Joe figures. Um, So, you know, my parents were too anti-Reagan to allow me to play with G.I. Joe. Um, (laughs) And so I would go over to his house and I would play with whatever, Storm Shadow or Snake Face or whatever. (laughs) And uh, I'm just kidding. I know it's Snake Eyes. And Destro and... uh, and the other dog from the Jetsons. Um, and like, I would always, he was two years older than me, so he'd be too cool to play. So he'd be sitting on his bed reading Beckett Baseball Card Monthly. <laughs> and I would be next to the bed just jamming for hours. And I'd always play the same way where I'd have, just like the, the TV show, I'd have a cliffhanger. So I'd have like whatever, Sergeant Slaughter falling off, off the <laughs> off the couch. And then I'd be like, is he going to be okay? Come back next week. And I would just leave it there. I wouldn't, that would just be the end of my play. Like, like I wouldn't even forward resolve to three it. years later and Sky's still playing with G.I. Joe as well. His older friend is sitting there reading a copy of Jugs and drinking a can of beer. <laughs> Have fun, Sky. Oh, yeah. It's a that's true. Tell me more about trickle up, trickle down economics. Uh, but I also thought it's, the dialogue is particularly interesting. It it really is cool because it, it starts with Lando 
being a real jerk. Like he's just bossing everybody around. And the Ugnots talk, but Lobot doesn't. <laughs> right. So Lobot, true to form, doesn't talk. Um, so I think we'll, we'll bring back Bart to be Lobot. <laughs> Bart, you here? <laughs> okay, good. He's here. Um, and then uh, let's see. Who do you want to be, uh, uh, Ron? Uh, well, Lobot doesn't say anything. So, oh, wait. That, Lo- Bart is going to be Lobot, right? Yeah, Bart's going to be Lobot. Uh, I don't care. All right. Why don't you be uh, Han? Uh, you got and, you got to uh, be Lando, Sky. You okay, gotta, you, gotta and you, you can be Ugnaught. That's Steve. fine. I'm okay. supposed to read something here. <laughs> Wherever <laughs> it says Han. Oh wait, it's on the show notes though. I have to scroll down yeah. again. Oh, I see. You'll pay for this, all that stuff, right? Yeah, and then I'll I'll read the the two little stage directions that I find interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. Take away his laser pistol, Lobot. You'll pay for this, Lando Calrissian. Ugnot, check the carbon freezing chamber. Ready, sir. <laughs> I missed my cue. Why did you do it? The Empire tricked me, Han. And then at this point, a rope appears out of nowhere <laughs> and lifts up Han. I had no choice. The camera dollies up on the Ugnot, who turns and says, Prepare for freezing. Long live the Alliance. Goodbye, my friend. <laughs> so how different would it be instead of the whole I love you, I know? It was, it was Han all. just going, long, <laughs> long live the Alliance. It's totally out of character. <laughs> yeah. He never would have said anything like that. Well, that, Bart did a good job with that. He did. He's very convincing. That was um, that was like, you know, some Academy Award winning material right there. It was. <laughs> that was some like uh, Jack Nicholson and Hoffa. so anyways i i just i thought that commercial was uh was particularly interesting for a lot of a lot of reasons and pretty good i mean it's like a very like stage directed thing the rope just appears out of nowhere yeah and especially if you look at the way the camera pushes in on uh on the ugnaught it's really good (laughs) yeah so, anyways, Ron, we we will let you get back to your uh, your, your time there. I was and I actually will... falling asleep when you called. <laughs> oh no, tell. that's all right. Thanks for uh, having me on again. But yeah, keep an eye on that stuff, and I'll be adding some more cool uh, stuff from um, from Ross in the coming weeks. So, should be cool. All right, and I'll, uh, I'll see you this weekend. All right, man, sounds good. Thanks for. All right. Uh, that was quite some time with Ron, hey? It's it's always a quality time, right? It is. I mean, he was dittering a little bit for time. <laughs> oh, wait, this is the thing I always do when I get angry. I bring it back later. You gotta, yeah. It, it's ma- all right. it, it makes me okay. seem bitter, Steve. <laughs> seem. Seem. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't wanna seem bitter. Well, Steve, we're gonna do kind of a, a double nugget this this month. I think um, that's fine. We, we've kind of been on a roll with that. There's just too much good stuff. There is. So we're going to talk to Ron later with an archive update, as we just said. Um, we're recording all this t- totally out of order, so I'm so confused. I don't even know what month it is anymore. Um, <laughs> although, actually, it'll soon be the next month. Um, yes. But you proposed a micro-collection for-up. Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, we've talked about for-ups before, but this is just one of my favorite micro-figures. Um it's it's Lobot 
doing what I, it, to me, it looks like a disco pose. He's got his hand on his hip and he's got his arm extended, pointing out. And his leg is kind of, his one knee's kind of bent, like, you know what I mean? It's almost like John Travolta-esque to me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, as far as Forbes go, they're, they're interesting and they're important. And, but I just love that this seems completely, uh, out of character for Lando, especially when you think about putting it to music. Right. Which of course, <laughs> Robot Chicken did with yeah, their yeah. disco Lobot, which I think had to be influenced by this. I, it had to be. I, yeah. I would love to get them all. I mean, he also is just wearing a disco outfit. Well, yeah, that's true. When you bring in <laughs> Lobot attire, it, it kind of just screams disco. But, right, uh, but it's it's a it's a really nice piece, you know. It's a it's a hard copy four up, and it's it shows the detail, and because it's so large, you can see it. And especially with my brother, the the Lobot, the Disco Lobot, it's been a pretty big deal with us. I got, I bought him like an entire bag of uh, of Disco Lobots at the Earth. <laughs> So the Earth Toy Store, you know, is a toy store that used to exist in Cincinnati. Right. Um, a lot of the big pre-production finds were there. And I just was like, I Bart had done a lot of work on the website. And so I just bought him a whole bag of Disco Lobots. And you I never have enough. Yeah. I don't know if I ever gave it to him. I know it's hanging around there somewhere. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe I did. I don't know. Uh, uh, but it's cool because on the bottom, it doesn't say Disco Lobot. On the bottom, it says Lobot Standing, Production Tooling Only. Yeah, it also says number two, which means there might be another out there <laughs> of some kind. <laughs> I don't think that's what, what Yoda meant when he said there is another. Uh, no. <laughs> there is another disco, low bot, <laughs> hard copy, four up from the micro collection. Well, <laughs> uh, that's a bad joke, Steve. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know what? I think that's pretty, that's pretty unloved for a nugget. But how about pretty nugget for an unloved? Why not? You don't hate, only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. The unloved and the unnatural. All right, so Steve, uh, for the unloved item, I love your unloved item. Now, you found this from BuzzFeed. <laughs> That's so uh, millennial of you, Steve. Uh, it's, I'd seen it somewhere else, and I was trying to just find the image, and, uh, and I, it did. Or this particular one came from BuzzFeed. So, don't take me to be as as millennial as as it may seem. I'm not a, I'm not up up to snuff as it, you know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just like that, you die on the vine on that one. <laughs> I was to say I'm starting to fade <laughs> out here too. Um, anyway, <laughs> what we have here is some uh, pretty slick. Family sleepwear from from Sears, <laughs> and I think my favorite thing about it is uh, there's like this little uh, kind of ribbon looking thing in the logo. It says "flame resistant," and uh, <laughs> I just love the idea of, of <laughs> flame resistant being part of the marketing of uh, of <laughs> pajamas. Now, you know, you don't you want to avoid tragedy. <laughs> and and also, I I would like to know something. So if you look at this, it's a family of Six, so you have a very tall dad and a mom, and right? A daughter and a middle son and a younger daughter and the youngest son, ranging right. in age from uh, ranging in age from like two to forty-five, right. and they're all wearing Star Wars sleepwear. The mom is wearing like a night shirt. Uh, so is the daughter. It's all pretty standard Star Wars uh, imagery, you know, with the the yeah. young Hildebrandt, whatever. 
Uh, there's actually a really interesting Vader that two of the boys are wearing, which is just Vader's right. head with a lightsaber, like uh, splitting it in two. I've never seen that like image going before. through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a couple. This is a really, really nice item because I've never seen these. Like, I've never seen them in the wild. So if anyone's, no, no. I'm sure Duncan's out there slamming his fist on the table, being like, "I've got five of the sets." Um, that, that wasn't much. <laughs> I was right as I started. I'm like, I don't even know if Duncan has an accent, much less how would I do it. I'm going to pretend that Duncan is is from England and he's Dengar. Oh, I've got five of these sets, um, uh, but it, they're really cool. And just this family is, I mean, this is cool. How cool would it be if your entire family wore matching Star Wars pajamas? Coordinated, yeah, coordinated pajamas. I, it's a little creepy. To me, but you know, it's the seventies, right? And who knows? Uh, no, it's just cool. If the whole family, <laughs> like, you know, I guess it's hard because see, I'm going through a divorce and I'm feeling this sense of breaking apart the family unit. Um, and just to you know, my family will never have this experience of all of us wearing <laughs> Star Wars night shirts at the same time. Oh, uh, yeah, they're great, <laughs> and the pictures yeah. of these kids are just great. <laughs> yep, and they are flame retardant. Right. <laughs> awesome. Um, we're going to actually skip the vocab. I think we're going to do that next month. Um, okay. I don't even know why you want to talk about Meccano Square cards, but you did. Um, <laughs> I figured that might pique your interest, but apparently not. <laughs> you know, Steve, instead of talking about Meccano Square cards, because that's what you wanted to do, you wanted to do a vintage vocab. And you want to talk about why there were square cards for Meccano. I don't want to talk about that right now. But what I do want to talk about is another unloved item. And okay. that is, I don't know how unloved they are, but the there's very famous French commercials in the Pif Gaget. What's the name of the company? It was, a, it was like a, a magazine for kids, like Disney and stuff. And okay. they're very famous for their scenes of uh, figures fighting. But they also yeah. had a lot of great art scenes. And there are these little tiny ads uh, that were printed up in around, like, 1982. I'm looking at this in one of Stéphane Foucault's great books. Um, and they're just these really great artwork. And I'll show them up here, Steve. Um, okay. You could just look up Piff. You'd look it up as Piff Gadget, like Inspector Gadget. Uh, and he calls them blue ads. So I, I don't know if that's how they look up there. But I've actually been using those... In my class, because oh, yeah? uh, I've been teaching expressions with avoir, which is to have, and then I've been teaching the imperative, and that's an, uh, so it's a it's an irregular, so it's don't be afraid, and that's n'est pas peur. I've been trying to teach them that, and there's an image of R two D two, and it says n'est pas peur, c'est un ami, which means don't <laughs> be afraid, he's a friend. Um, <laughs> I can see it now. Oh, that is awesome. Which is just, first of all, the French is beautiful. I mean, it's just, as far as French teacher goes, that's a very eloquent French. Um, was there any question that, was anyone ever afraid of R2-D2? Was there ever a point where a little kid looked at R2-D2 and was like, Gah-ha! oh, phew. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, the, the Han, the Han uh, Hoth is really good too. Tout le reconnu, c'est le héros. Uh, you recognize him. He's the hero. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're just all these interesting writing, um, 
a pretty good one too is for uh, for C-3PO. It's trop de robot, eh? <laughs> but it's like the H-E-I-N is the way of saying like a eh? in French. Uh-huh. Um, and I just <laughs> think it's 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 worth looking at those. I can uh, uh, sort of translate them all for you in case you're looking at them in your in your uh, in your phone right now. So uh, let's see. So we have R2D2. Don't be afraid. It's a friend. Han Hoth. You recognize him. It's the hero with Yoda. With him, you're never bored. <laughs> Stormtrooper. Uh, watch out. It's a soldier of the Empire. Uh, uh, Boba Fett. This guy here, you got to be careful with him. Uh, TIE Fighter. Enemy a ship approaching. And then uh, with C-3PO. Goofy robot, hey? <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the Millennium Falcon, the Falcon strikes back. Hey. So there's my uh, my translation of some Pif Gaget ads. Nicely yeah. done. And we can talk about Makano Square cards later. Yeah, they'll be around. They'll be around. <laughs> All right. So I'm back again, <clears throat> still editing. It's now 8.30 p.m. I had to try and figure out. It seems like I missed a segment there with Bart. And then everything got mixed around with Ron. I thought I could fix it, but then I thought, who cares? You know, if uh, we didn't get the wingdings, who cares? Still got a half a meat lover's pizza in the trunk. Um, so, yeah, it's now 8.30. I imagine Bruce is going into Thunder Road or that one where he asked that girl if her dad's home. And I'm here, still in my apartment, editing away. But it's fun. I think the episode's going pretty well so far. I had fun putting together that little segment with the Cannibal Corpse music. Um, great band, by the way. Uh, if you... Actually, I wouldn't say great band. I don't know. What was the one I used to have? I used to have Napalm Death. That, that was the band. We have a lot of Scandinavian friends, and so I'm sure they're all like, Yeah! Yeah, fantastic! They're death metalin'! Uh, anyways, let's get back to the... One dollar flicks. Market watch. All right, y'all. Now we've t- monkeyed around a lot with the market watch. Uh, we had some people say they like the new format. Some people say they don't. We had three people who all wanted to take part. Uh, some people in England. We got Fuzzy Buzzy over there. We got Aaron right next door in Buffalo, but none of them could do it tonight. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the character market watch normal style. Yeah, traditional. Just traditional, just going through the prices and talking about where the market is. And then for the the sort of random one, the Fantastic Pete one, uh, we're going to do a multiple choice with Sky. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I haven't looked at them. Steve's just going to give me two possible prices, and I'm just going to guess which one, and that'll build some kind of suspense. So uh, where should we start first, Steve? All right. Why don't we, uh, we lead off with Lobot, okay. uh, just old school style. Um, yes. So Mike's got a couple of, of gems in here uh, for an unloved figure. You know, he's, he's had a rough go, I think. Um, yes. So, all right. So 41A and Fate 80. Uh, went for that's the survivor kit offer. Uh, went for 180. It's a pretty nice figure. I mean, it's pretty standard. Um, let's see. If we go, 
There's another one that was an AFA 80, 41A for 164, so it's kind of in the same line. Um, but where it really starts to get interesting for me is uh, <laughs> some of these other ones. There's one actually autographed by John Hollis. <laughs> wow. It's a 41, 41D ungraded. Um, it's sold for $107, uh, which is <laughs> it's just funny. Like, There's a great close-up of uh, his signature over, over Lobot, and he actually signs it as... You know, John Hollis, Lobot. Um, but there's kind of space between the low and the bot. Yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually like a really good deal. I mean, he's deceased, and yeah. that's it's a nice autograph. That's yeah, I would have paid pretty, more than that. It's pretty cool. I mean, for especially for a Lobot collector, uh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, um, I should have bought that for Bart. Um, Let's see. I think my favorite, though. Oh, this is beautiful, Steve. This this is one of the most amazing things I've Th- seen in a while. This right here. This is totally the show. Right yeah, here. Yeah, right this here. This is it. You want to know the, the, the meat of the show, the value <laughs> of the show. This is nothing to do with Steve or I. Brisbane, Brisbane Mike doing his research out there, bringing it together, and giving us this. <laughs> oh, my God. It is an ungraded 41D back. Right. And <laughs> you can't see Lobot at all. No. <laughs> Lobot's face is covered by a coin offer sticker. Not only that. <laughs> Not only that, but there are three other regular size price stickers from Child World. Yeah. Uh, and you see they've all been crossed out. And then there's right. finally a gigantic red <laughs> and yellow sticker, clear and special, covering up the coin offer. So you are double prevented from seeing Lobot's face. <laughs> it's now $1.30. <laughs> what I love, too, is that someone tried to take off one of the, one of the price stickers. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, it must have been someone who worked there. Like, oh, no, it doesn't cost that anymore. Yeah. It doesn't cost that anymore. <laughs> they actually had to cross out the one that said $1.37 to make it $1.30. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this thing is just incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's, and it sold for forty-five bucks. Yeah, you see, that's an example of again. If I was a Lobot collector and I had been paying attention to eBay, to know that for hundred fifty bucks I could get a signed figure and just the most gnarly of no one likes this figure evidence. That's just great. You know what's crazy is that there are more than uh, one of these guys. Did you scroll down a little bit? <laughs> oh my God! There's another one. There's a couple of Jedi cards that are, you know, they all sold for about the same price, around the $45 to $50 range. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I, I don't look at these because I don't want to ruin it for the game. Yeah. No, if you go down. There's there, three there's... of these Child World clearance specials. Yeah. They are awesome. <laughs> um, of course, then you have the, you know, the, the Tri logo with the KB2 for a dollar. I mean, that's that's a steal right there. But, but just the, the sad fact that these Lobot figures had to sit there for so long uh, before they were <laughs> yeah. liberated uh, from and retail. Then, and then, so, yeah, but the that sold for $75, the Tri-Logo. The, the Tri-Logo, yeah, sold for $75. It's just... uh, I remember buying... The fun thing about the Lobot thing for Bart is it's kind of a cheap way to keep buying stuff because, you know, once you... You know, I've, I have enough Chewbacca stuff that I can't just buy cheap, fun stuff. So I remember buying him the Tri-Logo at the store in Montreal. It was actually on my honeymoon. And we, like, walked all the way across the entire city to the toy store 
where uh, they, this guy does these great dioramas. And mm-hmm. I think Andre actually works there, who's a, kind of a famous old, old-time collector. And I remember buying him the Trilogo Lobot. <laughs> awesome. But if you really wanted to drop some serious coin, you'd have to buy a 41-back Palatoy. Yeah, that's uh, 250 Which really isn't that much. Yeah, I mean, when you just think of like the general sense of uh, foreign carded stuff, yeah, it's it's not that bad. <laughs> Especially because the the early Palatoy stuff has the Palatoy logo on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which awesome. is a, a beautiful logo, and it is actually covering his crotch, so that would make Bart happy. What a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's a fun market watch. So, boy, you could really... You could really have a pretty sweet Lobot collection for fairly little work. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's some good stuff. No, and if those, Bart's those... theory is right about him becoming more popular as people become more like Lobot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, now it's time good. for A or B with Sky P. <laughs> All right. Uh, ready? Here we go. First, first item up uh, is a Revenge of the Jedi... Boba Fett proof, AFA eighty five. Okay. Yeah, choice A. I just just make it approximate, like round up to yeah, the nearest yeah. five, okay. or whatever. All right, ready. My eyes are closed, like a doofus. <laughs> All right, A is five thousand two hundred. Okay. B is thirty seven hundred. Uh, I'm going with thirty seven hundred. Ding ding ding! Correct. Nicely done. Thirty seven hundred for a. Revenge proof? Steve? I think Digby just hung up the phone. Did he? I heard a bark and then nothing. Oh, there you are. Am I here? Okay. So 37 for revenge proof. Yeah. Okay, Steve, that gets at least two mans, doesn't two it? Two mans. Yeah, okay. I think that's that's good for two. That is and- a lot of money for revenge proof. 3700 Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. For something that there's definitely 50 of, that's a lot of money. Okay. Steve? But uh, I think I'm back. (laughs) Okay. So that was a a two mans for that. All right. What's next? Two mans. All right. Up next is a... uh, I think, yeah, it looks like a complete set of Star Wars droids carded figures. And they are ungraded. Okay. So get that get that kind of so it's twelve figures, uh, you know, droids, it, pretty, in, including the fet. Yes, including the the fet. Um, okay, so choice A, forty six hundred dollars. Choice B, thirty three hundred. I'm gonna go with choice B again, thirty three hundred. On the nose. Wow. It's, it's still like, I mean, for a, kind of think of droid stuff as a pretty big commodity, and to get them all in one lump, that's that's not too bad, I guess. I guess, but you, t- you take out the I, but, FET. Yeah, it's true. It, it kind of weights things the FET's a bit differently. Like, what, like an $1,100 item? Something like that? Oh, probably crazier now. Who knows? I, I, obviously, <laughs> I, I yeah. do. Obviously, I'm two for two. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Number three. So this is the uh, Power of the Force unproduced Luke Jedi pitch coin. So do you know you know what that is? The uh, kind of early 
concept coins for the Power of the Force coins. They had a couple, or they had this Luke Jedi that was uh, not, it didn't look so nothing like what they eventually became. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so choice A, 2800. Choice B, 5600. The way you took a break in between the two of them. I know. I, I kind of <laughs> screwed it up. Yeah. You never know. I could be messing with you. I'm, I'm, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> uh, well, Steve, I would love for you to be that cunning and diabolical, which are two traits I did not associate with you. So I'm no, going to go it's, with it's, A. Yeah. 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 No. That one That was a failure on my part. It did sell for 2800 which, wow. Yeah, yeah that's a lot. I'd, I'd like to know. Point. You know what? This is we 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 haven't talked about coins in a while. So if you're if you're no. a coin fan, please let us know. Is twenty eight hundred for that coin kind of high, or is that pretty normal? I have a really hard time because I know sometimes like the certain coins, like the Greedo or the FX seven, that are really rare. Those can those can just <clears throat> spike. Uh, but I don't know really how much uh, how much the 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 Luke. What's it called again? Luke Jedi? No, Luke. Yeah. Uh, how much that, that coin goes for? Okay. Three for three. What's next? All right. Up next, this is uh, the last one we've got. It's a Lily Letty Tuscan Raider 12-inch, uh, you know, you know which one I'm talking yes, about? Yes, 12-inch figure the, made by Lily Letty in Mexico, the kind of weird right. box. Yeah. Okay. So choice A is going to be 4750 Choice B, 2650 I go choice B, 2650. Yep. I'm not good at making this <laughs> difficult for you. No, well, it's not that good of an idea, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it, we're just testing it yeah. out. We're, we're in the, the early yeah. stages. If I, if I hadn't thought about it a little more, I probably could have done a much no, better No, you only messed up on one of them. That's good. All right, cool. Well, in that case, let's hit the feedback, Steve, because this has been quite the episode. Right. Yes. Here at the Kivecast, we really do care. You can email us at kivecast at gmail.com. You can call us at our special Wampa line. That's P-O-K-U-T, Wampa, or 1765-889-2672. Twitter us at Kivecast, or join us up on our Facebook page. We really do care. All right, Steve. So I think we haven't really addressed the criticisms uh, on. Uh, oh no, we have. Uh, <laughs> we, we've had a, a pre-feedback yeah, section. I'd call we've it. We've had a pre-feedback. Uh, see, Scott Bradley says he appreciates uh, well Canada's greatest know-it-all, of course, Scott this Bradley. This is why I'm proud to be Canadian. This season on Canada's greatest know-it-all. Scott Bradley. Bradley. Um, says that he appreciates uh, the variety. So he, he suggested that we have more variety, and we delivered. Um, with sort of the kind of stuff that we talk about. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Oh, did you he also posted that great uh, ad for the Clark Shoes. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, he, he commented that the Hans Bespin card image is from the Hoth Rebel base. Right. Um, and then there's a, a shoes, a shoe store in Ottawa called Karen's Shoes. Um, this, oh man, this, uh, this little advertising slogan is great. Okay. Why waste money 
on a toy. Be smart and keep your children happy with Star Wars shoes by Clarks. <laughs> There's so much that's wrong about that. One, yeah, yeah. buying shoes for kids <laughs> is a waste of money. They just try to grow them. Two, be smart and keep your children happy with Star Wars shoes. Like, don't buy them toys. Uh, and then actually, uh, James, who goes by 1972 Chaps, uh, also mentioned that the the artwork with Luke smiling, and he mentioned that it's also seen on the lid of the Kenner's Escape from Death Star board game, but it's a photo instead of the illustration. Huh. Um, so that's really cool because I didn't know that, and we specifically said, "Hey, kivecast at gmail dot com, if you've seen <laughs> anyone else who does that." And there it goes. Um, yeah. It's actually um, funny because uh, we were, we've been trying to, to get the, the, the game going you know, with other, other contestants. And uh, one of them is, is in England, and he's uh, Fuzzy Buzzy Toys, who we've mentioned a couple of times. And he's like, can I please be on the show? And he, he sort of mentioned that I, uh, I never thanked him for something. Uh, well, well, he seemed to understand, which is awfully nice. Um, he uh, he sent me this really nice little uh, uh, vintage candle, a vintage Wilton uh, candle, okay. and uh, it was just really nice. And he just mentioned, you know, he's like, "Can I please be in the game?" I mean, you never even mentioned that that uh, <laughs> that I sent that to you. So I was like, "Oh, yeah, right." Um, Thank you. Sorry about that. Bowden, uh, who's been a long-time listener, and he just happens to... He's giving his own man count, Steve. He's doing <laughs> his own market watch. Uh, he points out that a, a card back for an Empire uh, Boba Fett with the nameplate totally cut out sold for $810. What? <laughs> yeah, a card back with the nameplate cut out sold for $810. Um, and so just to, because I've been a little bit of a, of a grumbly bumbly here. Um, he says, anyway, keep up the amazing work with the vintage pod. I listen to a lot of podcasts in my commute and you guys have something special. The content is right. The drops, the humor, the stories, community feel just solid gold. Thanks for taking the time to do it. By the way, the duration is great. Don't try to shorten it up. Just do what you do. Wampa Wampa. So that's the, that's, that's pretty. That's the email that's of the good. month, Steve. Obviously, yeah, because that's what uh, we're that's, all about. That's awesome. Well, it's not. That's not all we're about, Steve. No, <laughs> we're also about fantasy sports. So, uh, congratulations to our winners for the hockey league. Oh yeah, uh, Steve, you you won uh, last place. Um, yeah, uh, you, I mean, you really. Lo- I mean, you really lost. Um, yeah, no, it took, it took skill to do that. I mean, it was all about player selection. <laughs> uh, it's actually pretty cool because the greatest rivalry in sports is between the Montreal Canadiens and the Boston Bruins. Um, people think that's between the Red Sox and the Yankees, but that's not really a rivalry because the Yankees can't win. Um, but, uh, so actually it was a Canadians fan over a Bruins fan. So that was Sean King Kong Bundy. Uh, who defeated uh, Adam, uh, who is Ituka, which is a pretty funny name. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that, those were the big winners. And, Steve, you're, you're a big loser. How, how close did I get to the bare minimum? 
You haven't paid attention. Uh, you were five points away <laughs> from having the minimal score, basically zero points. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I wound up finishing in sixth, which is not too bad considering the fact that I didn't pay that much attention to hockey this year. Um, it turns out I like the half year a lot better. Yeah. And uh, as far as fantasy baseball, Steve, you're holding in there at uh, at sixth place. Middle of the road. Yeah. I'm not completely tanked out yet, which is always surprising when I check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm see, you're still up up top. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm 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 winning at this point, but uh, it's usually, you know, it's it's early, but I I had some good hitters. So there you guys go. It's your it's your fifth year of listening to baseball statistics. That's <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, yeah. They're still here, you know. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do you know who we have next? Oh, I don't. Who's next? It's Leah Hoff. Perfect for, you know, springtime. <laughs> Summer. No. Uh, yeah, it's Leah Hoff. She's next. Really? Yeah. We could get Joker Savage on here. That was my thought, yeah. Oh, that'd be sweet. I should drive down and visit him, too. Oh man! Hey, that'd be fun. Get an in-person interview. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. All right, cool, Steve. Well, I am, uh, I am, uh, I am uh, tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's trying to say. That's everybody. What I'm trying to say. Uh, it's been another fun episode. I look forward to to editing it together and figuring out how much of my angry rant I'm going to keep. <laughs> You'll let it let it uh, sit for a day or two. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll just do yeah, a thing thanks, where uh, I'll just like go. And I'll be like, you know, just uh, take it all out. <laughs> all right. Cool, man. All right. I will take it. Easy. Adam Ray's the king. Uh, well, before you actually hear the outro, Wampa Wampas, this is just a uh, catch up with your erstwhile editor. It is 9.45, 9.46 p.m. I bet Bruce is just getting into the second set. Uh, and, well, I am now getting ready to compress the file and then put it on the archive server and then write the XML and then try to figure out if I can put on the show notes and then post that magical post to Rebel Scum and all the other outlets saying, Codcast 51, more Lobot than Robot, or I don't know what, maybe Lobot with an H, not our Bart. I don't know what I'm going to call it. But I'm gonna get it up there, and thanks for listening. All right, I will take it easy. Well then, uh, Wampa Wampa. Adios.